Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh, my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range EDC, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. You might say that things have been a little bit busy around these parts, what with all the pulp, pop, pop cultural, wrestling, sports, and various entertainment happenings. In fact, we've been so far behind the eight ball that we're just now coming around to the fact that, barring some unforeseen development in the next couple of weeks, for the first time in almost 30 years, Bill Belichick will not be on an NFL sideline next season. Quite honestly, it'll it'll even be longer if you just take out one year between Cleveland and New England. Uh, I believe then you would have to go back to somewhere in like the 60s. It's an unbelievable run of time this guy has been a coach. So we're taking a break after the after, aftermath of Super Bowl 58 to bid farewell, well, for now at least, to one of the greatest football coaches of all time in this episode 152, Hail to the Hoodie. I am your Uncle Todd, and with me, as always, is the man who never failed to get trampled by Barry Foster in Madden 97. He has been my partner in EDC for over two decades, and someday will learn not to challenge me on the Sega Genesis. I give you the man they called him. Had you beat <laughs> You did you never did. You uh, never did. Greetings and salutations, my friend. How are you? <laughs> it stings, doesn't it? Reminding you of Barry Foster, plus you got trampled in the fantasy football, and you picked the wrong team last night. I'm ashamed of you. <laughs> of me? I'm to not quote the, Cody Rhodes. I'm not the one who picked the wrong three times. I'm just saying. Uh, nonetheless, yeah, it stings a little, but... It is in the past. We must look forward, not backward. Okay, you get some ointment for that, and hopefully everything will be all right. <laughs> Good God. Some liniment or something. Some, so thank you very much. Rub a little dirt on it. It'll be fine. Oh, man. Let it just be said that I tried, at least I tried different teams. I didn't stay with the same one and have the same character I could run the ball with ad nauseum. So. Well, that's your own damn fault. Just every single time. That's all I'm saying. I have no idea why in 1990. I, I think it was 97, wasn't it? What's it was that? like 95 or 96. It was one of those because it was your it was your Genesis that we were playing. I can't yeah, I think it was 96, that. 97. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, but for some reason they just ridiculously like Bo Jackson level overpowered Barry Foster. They did. And it, was, it was just no one could stop him. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, I I would set you know run defenses that would or should have stopped him. And There's a couple times you like ran a punt block. <laughs> I did. I tried everything under the sun. I mean, it was like, come on. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. Oh, it was great. The suspect is what the problem is. <laughs> I think the only thing suspect was your defenses. I, the defense had nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. Oh, hang on. Watch Supercharged. Watches uh, the Barry man that him has a, has a vowel movement here live on air. <laughs> oh, good Lord. <laughs> ah. 
<laughs> oh, it's always good when I get the upper hand right off the gate. Gosh, I love my it. I does not I love want to stop it. watering. I don't. Oh, just go ahead and cry. Just have a good <laughs> cry. It's okay. It's okay. It's just it's all the PTSD from all those whoopings you took in bed. Let him get it out of his system. Here we go. Good God. <laughs> Woo! What All happens right. when he doesn't play fantasy football? He's got to go back to the days of yore with uh, Madden '96. Thirty, you, you know, twenty-eight years old at this point. You damn straight. You damn oh. straight. Anyway, way way to go on the math on that one. By the way, look at you. Hey, you know, of the two of us, I can do the math. So, <laughs> and, and of the two of us, you're the one with the real job. So, hey, come on, kind of fits. Come on, you want? I want you doing the real math. Me? Meh, not so much. All right, sir. Well, uh, we are going to get to our topic at hand. Uh, Hail to the hoodie. We're going to be talking about Bill Belichick. So right now, even as we're recording this right now, there are legions of fans of other teams who are their ears are pricking up like somebody, you know, (laughs) that was a really good horn impression. I like that. Thank you. Um, We are also going to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. uh, But before we get to any of that, we need to get ourselves to the weekend geek. We got some stuff to go to talk about here. We don't have time to like mince words or nothing we got things going on things have been happening and uh we need to get to that right now actually hang on a second i need to get your theme music here oh please do uh which one is it here see i wasn't prepared here we go feels so funky yes it does yes it does (laughs) all right ladies and gentlemen well if you know us, you know uh, wrestling is, especially these days, wrestling is top of mind for us. It, I it thought you were going to say, if you know us, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that no, I, leave be, that, I leave that for you, sir. I leave that for you to make more, the apologies. and uh, Much more apt introduction for us, uh, really. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, as we've been discussing over uh, the last several episodes, uh, you know, WWE is heating up. It is uh, the road to WrestleMania, and mm. they kicked it off. This past Thursday uh, on the Peacock with the WrestleMania, aptly titled WrestleMania kickoff show, which I thought was literally going to be just a press conference. And it turned out to be this entire thing where fans must have paid tickets. And I'm wondering what they yeah. must have thought about the whole thing. I don't know if they actually paid because it seems no. like I'm, I'm guessing that was just a. F- I don't, well, then again, maybe I'm wrong. I, I'm guessing it was a free were they in event. Vegas. They were. Yeah, they were in Vegas. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it was, it, you know, a bit of promotion, um, you know, for the event, as well as for Elimination Chamber, which is emanating from Perth, Australia, uh, yes, in a couple of weeks. Crikey. What's that? Crikey. Crikey. Um, but really was, was about, uh, four pieces of business, one, or sorry, three pieces of business, one being Bianca Belair. Uh, she came out and promoted uh, the reality show that she and her husband, who I had no idea was her husband, Montez Ford, from the Street Profits, uh, which, by the way, probably one of the the better theme songs uh, to come down the pike in quite some time. It's a, it, it's, it, it's a ditty to get down to. Street Profits or Bianca? Street Pro- Well, both of them, actually. Bianca's, I actually really like Bianca's theme music. I mean, yes. I, I, I get into that. Um, and then the Street Profits, when they were We faced, need to get video of that. I really... <laughs> I see you getting into that. What, me? Getting down? Yeah. Don't pop out a hip. Don't pop out a hip. Ah, ah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> My hip. Uh, it's a but, problem getting down when you're, after, when you're older than 40. It's, the, yeah, it's, a not, little bit. it's not the getting down. It's the getting back up. When you get close to the big 5-0, you got to watch how you uh, go to and fro. So. <laughs> Look at you. 
ba bam. The, the Nipsey Russell of <laughs> <laughs> return. All right. So Bianca, uh, you know, basically promoted her show, and then next we had uh, Rhea Ripley, who came out mm. if for no other reason than to uh, address the crowd, let them know uh, about the wonder that is she, and how she will. Reign supreme when she defends mm. her women's uh, world heavyweight championship in Perth, Australia, against a uh, friend of the show and and uh, popular popular talent that Uncle Todd especially loves to root for. <laughs> he's he's really hoping that she's going to finally close the deal and win a championship. Uh, the the vortex of suckitude, <laughs> Jax. The, the vortex of charisma. <laughs> The great yawning, sucking void <laughs> of heat. The injurer of thousands. <laughs> the injurer of thousands. First of her name. <laughs> My God. Oh, the only the only good thing about Nia Jax facing Rhea Ripley is there's a chance that she might not hurt her. Yeah, um, that's fair. I'm I'm just really hoping that if if Nia does just does decide to go. You know, a little bit stiffer. We get one of those moments of like, you know, okay, this is now turned into a shoot. <laughs> <laughs> this is not going to be pretty, folks. Yeah, not going to be pretty. Uh, I won't. I won't name <sighs> one of the folks who apparently we're not allowed to name anymore. But uh, there was yes. a moment with Braun Strowman and a certain uh, former UFC champion that. Oof. Oof. It's very rarely you, you actually get to see someone's skull turn inside of their head. Yeah. Yeah. And then the rest of the face catch up. <laughs> <laughs> but it is possible if you get a good enough slow-mo. It could happen. Um, yeah. Oh, it my gosh. Happen. Yeah. So Rhea came out. Uh, yes. So Rhea came out. And then, uh, not shockingly, uh, Becky Lynch comes out. Bit of uh, telegraphing here. But, you know, of course, framed from the perspective of uh, I'm going to go into Australia and fight in the elimination chamber and earn my spot to fight you for that championship. And then she finishes, uh, they, they, they had a nice back and forth and then mm. she finishes it with, with, with the line of the night. Well, not quite the line of the night, close to the line of the night would have uh, been had the, had the, had the main event not been so good. Yes. But yes. But something to the effect of, and, and for the first time, mommy will, uh, will not be on top. She will be on the bottom because that's what happens when the man comes around. <laughs> Oh, Becky Lynch one, Rhea Ripley zero. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's called talking him into the building right there, as Uncle oh. Corny would say. That is a money promo right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, God, I mean, you got to you got to give. I mean, as, as there are times that I have knit, the knit to be pick picked with Becky of some of her offense looking a little on the hokey side, mm. but that woman can talk. Oh yeah, she can cut a promo, and she has a, a charisma that that I think, even when the stuff gets a little hokey, mm-hmm. it's easily forgiven. I do it myself, yep. where I'm just like, all right, fine, whatever. You're just you're just so good at what you do, and I yeah. want to root yeah. for you or root against her, you because I mean, she was she isn't as good of a heel as she is a face, but she mm-hmm. was she was all right as a heel. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, so. that was a that was a pretty good promo between big time Bex and mommy. Yes, indeed. And so, uh, I, if if all goes to plan, or at least what we think is the plan, then I believe that is going to be the hot ticket for uh, for one of the evenings of WrestleMania is uh, Big Time Bex versus Mommy Rhea if, Ripley. If WWE knows what's good for him, they will not allow <laughs> Nijax to possess that champion. 
ship. That oh will not happen. Gosh. Actually, no. Maybe she beats Rhea and goes to uh, WrestleMania to fight Becky, and Becky has to overcome the gal who has beaten her twice now. I still so there was another promo I forget where mm. when it was exactly, but it had to have been the last last little while because it's been since Nia's been back when Becky Lynch was like nobody likes nobody likes Nia Jax even her own knees wouldn't stand up for her. Oh, oh! It's like, it's like somebody bring the defibrillator down to the room down to the <laughs> ring. There's somebody dead. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> gotta gotta wave that heat off. <laughs> Good God Almighty. Wow. And I mean, the fans are smart enough to know. They're like, mm, kind of. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, but Can't yeah. So she's lying. Oh, good Lord. But yes. yeah, so so we got Becky and Rhea. And then the the headline, the the uh, final 20 minutes of, of this kickoff, which, of course, I had to sign off at that point and uh, watch later in the evening. So Uncle Todd was kind enough to. Not text me spoilers, but just enough where I'm just like. <laughs> well, it's my, my job. it's my job. Not at you, but more the fact that I couldn't watch it in the moment. You know yes. what I mean? Like, like it's just that, that, ah, oh, I wish I could have seen it. But uh, we had a uh, showdown between uh, what was intend- intended to be Roman Reigns and The Rock. And was well then... started off with with uh, with uh, Seth freaking Rollins coming out and oh, wanting to talk you. to Cody. Yeah, in, instead of Cody, he got himself a Roman. Oh, thank you. Yep, no, you're absolutely right. I forgot about that. And thank yep. God there wasn't. They they just had a stage, so Roman's entrance only took a mere like two <laughs> minutes instead of the the usual fifteen. Because we're on a time schedule here. Paul Heyman and, uh, must have been thrilled by that, by the way. Well, yeah, it's it's a lot less far to carry the belt. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, and then of course you know Roman decided that he's going to pontificate and you know he's going to choose his opponent. Well, let's not forget Seth's line uh, when when Roman first walks in, where he's like, oh, look, you finally showed up for work. (laughs) Yes. Good for him. I'm like, there you go. uh, That was points right there. I'm like, hey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great minds think alike. Yep. Um, Yep. But yes. And so then uh, Roman says he's going to choose The Rock. The Rock comes out. And... I was listening to the to the Jim Cornette review of this section, mm. uh, this this segment of the press the presser or whatever you want to call it, and there was it was like he said, this isn't a house show. It's not a a, a regular wrestling crowd. Like the, these are folks who showed up. It was not scheduled out months and months in advance. Mm-hmm. So it's tough to get a real read on things, but he, Rock was definitely getting some getting booze, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and yeah. It was it was very interesting. Like they milked that for an awfully long time. Yeah, of him just getting booed and looking like he's going to say something and looking uh, looking perplexed and or annoyed, mm-hmm. miffed, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, about the reaction he was getting. Yeah, but yeah, it was a it was a very interesting deal dynamic. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it was it was, and uh, and, and so I I. I, I forget what kind of led up to this. The, the, the part I watched today a couple of times in preparation for the show was kind of at the point where, you know, Cody and Roman are starting to jaw jack with each other. Um, and uh, Roman talks about how he's irrelevant. Um, does a fantastic job as as the cocky champion, too. Like, you know, last oh, yeah. year was your year, but you blew it. You're done. This year ain't it. 
you're irrelevant, just like your dad. And then Cody's reaction was just phenomenal. I mean, it just so much props to him. And and, and I'll get to Reigns, too. I, I, I know you're not the biggest fan of Reigns, but Roman Reigns and his facial acting is pretty incredible. Because he he does a lot with his face. Yes, it is one of his high points. A lot with his face and communicates a lot of emotion without saying anything, Mm. which is really to his credit. Yes. But they get into this back and forth about family. And and prior to this, when it was the rock and Roman reigns, they flash up this this family tree, which it was like an eye chart. You couldn't even read the dang thing, other than the top (laughs) of it, which apparently was some blood oath between Roman's dad and or no Roman's grandfather and the Rock's grandfather, which, again, beg the question, then why do you want to fight him if you entered into this like peaceful bond or something? I know. (laughs) I'm just like, you're making the argument against why this should happen. (laughs) This is like the previous episode when I was when I was agreeing with you and yet you kept on fighting. There's no argument. To Which, be by had the way, here. are you going to post a clip of that at some point on YouTube? Because that, I'll that... get around to it. I've got right. a few things going on right I, now. I, okay, I, know. I, I just wanted to uh, throw that out there because, as much as it was me sounding like a complete idiot, it. I listened to it again. And I'm like, oh, that's actually pretty funny. We should do that. <laughs> but yeah, it is. It does uh, that. It, that that is a little wrinkle in the storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know, along with the whole idea of you so, know Cody saying that he's not going to finish the story at WrestleMania. Right. Like, those are things that we're going to have to all have collective amnesia about, which I'm okay with. If if we're going to get what we want, I'm okay with that. Right. So Roman, Roman makes this comment about uh, about he's as irrelevant as his dad is, mm. which. There, there, there was one real quick, easy line that Cody could have thrown at him, which is, which is basically like, yeah, he's so irrelevant. Everyone talks about him every week on the show. That's how irrelevant he is. Mm-hmm. He could have said something like, "He's so irrelevant. They talk more about him than you showing up on the show," sort of thing. <laughs> you got to admit, he makes a point. That, that would have been that would have been Paul Heyman in the background. You got to admit, uh, yes. Got you with that one, boss. Indeed, indeed. Yes, my but chief. He comes back with this great, with 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 this great line about you know he's like this is about family. He's like, how's Jay? And he's like, you're a meal ticket. They're nothing but lackeys. They're, I mean, he just goes like he oh, just yeah. keeps throwing the darts at Roman, and Roman's just like standing there. And then finally, he's just like, he's like your grandfather and his grandfather, the high chief. And this is what I love about Cody. Cody just doesn't say they're ashamed of you. Yeah. He puts so oh, much yeah. stank on the word ashamed that every old school mom in the in in the greater United States area is like, yeah, uh-huh, he should be ashamed ashamed of himself. Dude, I, what I, I did use was like the middle, like his middle name or something like I know. Roman <laughs> Herbert Reigns. <laughs> Like that stood out so much to me when I watched it. Just Wayne Marcus Johnson. Like we started I, I recording. know what their middle names are, but it's just yeah. like oh, they're ashamed of you. <laughs> so good. Oh so yeah, good. that was like and a, then that was like a slider with a lot of movement on it. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah. And then Roman's face. He did like he does this. I'm not trying to do the impression. My eye is watering like crazy. I'm not going to take these off for a while. Um, good. Yeah, I almost made him do a spit take live on camera. Um, but to to look at Roman's face, he he has this look on his face like like you're right, or or like there's there's truth behind Cody's words, and then he starts kind of you know doing some jaw jacking. He doesn't have the mic or anything, and so it's just like Cody and Roman 
I mean, just this great visual of the two of them face to face. And then you have the rock walk in from the side. Yeah, his gigantic planetoid head enters the conversation. <laughs> I thought you were say his gig- gigantic planetoid arms, because those Didn't. arms, good lord. Didn't. Hang uh, on a minute. He needs a signal. Uh, mission control, do we have uh, permission to uh, land the Enterprise? It's about to dock here, ladies and gentlemen. Gosh. That's that's the rock moving in. Yeah, and then he gets all quiet. And the thing is, like, I got to appreciate, like, like the rock kind of came out at first. Yeah. He hit his catchphrases finally, yeah. you know, after he started talking and all that. And But then he he said something about the Cody crybabies. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah. he's, he's, he's not... He's not 100% work and heal, but he is he's on he's approaching the on ramp. Uh-huh. And yep. and and yep. Th- in this moment like then hit the on ramp full on. Like okay, we, we are yep. now officially at the rock is heal. Yeah. Which is has been an awfully long time. I mean, you have yep. to go back to corporate rock, really, I think. Cuz yeah. even even when he went went against Hogan, well, no, like not, not corporate rock. Not not corporate rock. He came back God, was it to face Goldberg when Goldberg had his first run. Okay. He he came back in the early two early or mid two thousands and did a heel run. Oh, okay. And he had and it was he he was firing on all cylinders when he was doing that heel run. Like like mm. he had I'll have to look it up. There was a promo he did. They were in Toronto and he just did he wasn't doing like a singing thing, but he 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 was talking a bunch of smack about Toronto and, and just laid into like the hockey team and the, but he did it in a very creative way. Yeah. And I mean, when he landed the lines, like the whole place just erupted with booze upon him. It was absolutely amazing. And I remember that because he had been away for so long mm. that it's like, my God, this guy just steps right back in. Like nothing ever stopped. It, it was yeah. incredible. It was really incredible. Yeah. So to your point, you know, here it's like, he's doing that again. He's just sliding right into it. Yeah, which I mean makes sense because I mean, yeah. and, and I mean, okay. So I'll, I'll, let's get through the end of this, and then I'll I'll so, spin my little conspiracy theories. To 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 long story short, he he goes on how you know when 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 you slight Roman's family, it's my family, his mm-hmm. ancestors, my ancestors, his blood, my blood, and he and then he's like, now we have a problem, and he just yeah. stands there for a minute, and he smacks the hell out of Cody's face. Yeah, and well, credit open to hand slap. Credit to two people, Cody for his reaction, mm-hmm. and Paul Heyman for the, oh, <laughs> if you watch him, he's like, he's completely like surprised. I had to watch Paul. Oh my gosh, Paul I'm going to like, watch Whoa. that. <laughs> I've got to go back and rewatch that now. And then, you know, and then and then Rollins jumps in there and starts jaw jacking with both yeah. of them, and you got Triple H there and Adam Pierce and... um I'm forgetting the SmackDown general, Nick Aldis. Oh, yeah, yeah. Though you, you know they're all getting in the middle. Like Cody wants to like lunge at him, and and they're kind of breaking him up, like almost like an MMA kind of setting. Yes, you know, it was kind or of like, interesting. Well, like those boxing, you know, weigh-ins and stuff. Yep. Like yeah, boxing. They, they, way, yep. Yeah, it was, and that and that works because that was kind of the vibe they were setting up with this. Mm-hmm. You know, and and we skipped over kind of the most important part, which was you know Roman comes out and thinks he's calling the shots with Rock. And Cody comes out and basically declares that he wants to challenge Roman for the championship. Like, yes. you know, whatever he talked to rock about be damned. Um, and so, I mean, it was, it was just so well done. And, and I like what you texted me because, you know, I was kind of curious what happened. I think I said, well, you know, what exactly happened? He's like, 
that was interesting. <laughs> I was like, good, I can't check it out. And, uh, but it was because it completely changes the dynamic now. And yes, it's really interesting for me to see like Rollins and Rhodes align because from what I understand, just, you know, kind of reading some of the, the, you know, wrestling sites that I check out, like backstage, I don't think they really care for one another a whole lot. Like, no, there's Rhodes been and Rollins are not friends in any way, shape, or form. But no, there's a there was an interview in particular. I can't remember where it was from, where Cody basically said, "Like me and Seth are not friends. We'll probably never be friends." Yeah, yeah. Uh, like no. there is just we do not agree fundamentally on some level that is yeah you know not reconcilable. But you know you you respect someone you're working with and you understand like I'm gonna make money with this person. Yeah. So I'll do it. And as long as you don't take liberties with me, I don't take liberties with you. We do business. Perfect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that is interesting. Um, it, it, it does have a bit of a, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend sort of thing, yeah. Uh, yeah. which is good. Yeah. Um, I do appreciate the fact that I feel like in some ways, I, I, and I'm, I'm 50-50 on this. And maybe you can tell me what you think. Sure. I'm 50-50 on whether or not this has been a, a work from the jump or if this is an adjustment. Because if this has been a work, then we are dealing with pulling a work on a level that I don't think anyone else has ever really done. Where you were getting even sites like, you know, you were getting like the WrestleMania guys. You were getting a lot of people who are like talking about like, oh my gosh, this is cage terrible. Cage side seats. Cage side seats is a big one that, that I read a lot. Yeah, like they're like, oh my gosh, this is the most, they're going off the deep end. This is something that Vince would do and blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. All this stuff, like they're managing to work all these people. Yeah. Um, to the point where now it's like, do you really even trust the trusted you know, yeah. sources that you have? Because they were saying like, oh, Rock is going to jump in and save WrestleMania. Because on some level, mm-hmm. the idea of, um, uh, you know, this idea of, of well, oh, Rock wanted to come in and he wants to be the face and all this and, and, and blah, 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 blah. At some level, you're like, I don't know that that's the case now. Mm-hmm. Rock, if he, if he really is, he has a seat at the board, he has stock options. If business goes up, he makes more money than he's ever going to make in t-shirts and all that, like the things you would normally think that a guy would be thinking like, oh man, I'm yeah. going to be a heel now. All my, my, my merch sales go down, the this and the that and the blah, blah, blah. Rock's like, I don't care about that. I've got, you know, these, these stock options that if like everything goes up, I make way more than I'm worried about in t-shirts. Yeah. You know? And then the fact is, even if he is a heel, he's still going to sell t-shirts. Um, yeah. And I th- I'm sure he understands that. And if he doesn't have any big movies coming out, He's like, what do I care if I'm a bad guy or a good guy right now? Who cares? Mm-hmm. Like, this is my focus. This is what I'm going to do. People are still going to buy my damn energy drinks, my, my, buy my tequila, so whatever. Um, I wonder mm-hmm. if, and I think I texted this to you at one point, the idea of this almost being another, like trying to create another evil Mr. Man character, mm. what with Rock having the seat at the board, yeah. All those things. Now, is it going to be like this other authoritarian character? The other theory I have, and I'll be interested to hear your thought on this, even though mm-hmm. I, I haven't allowed you to say your thoughts on what I just said, <laughs> um, is then the follow up from SmackDown mm-hmm. Friday night and, and Triple H coming out and essentially doing, you know, the rumor control scene from Aliens 3. There's yes. a reference for you that a lot of people are like, um, with both Nick Aldis and, uh, and Adam Pierce, who, by the way, both of those guys are like, just really doing a great job at their characters oh absolutely 
like both of them like i i love how how adam pierce just seems to be like the besieged just like <laughs> oh god i can't believe i have to deal with these freaking chuckleheads sort of thing like he's all just, this all this is unflappable oh yeah he's, he, he's he great. is phenomenal but I love how I love how then you have the contrast like oh yeah yeah yeah, oh, yeah this yeah. is like unflappable and just totally cool and and Adam Pierce like, <laughs> like he's always just so put upon it's great why did I have to come into work today it's like he's oh. literally Dante from Clerks like I'm not even supposed to be here <laughs> um but but so then Triple H comes out once again which I believe he had one appearance where he came out to uh the game. Mm-hmm. like the original the game motorhead theme however both times that he's appeared kind of in his role as cco he's come out to king of kings mm-hmm. bow down to the king uh, which i find interesting and it kind of fuels a little bit of a theory because he comes out and he and he drops a few things in there and he talks about you know you know he kind of wants to clarify what happened and all that and he says mm-hmm. it appears that some people back there don't know their role which got one of those cool reactions in wrestling of a cheer and a oh yeah like that yeah. simultaneous like 50% of the people were ooing and 50% mm-hmm. were cheering um and then then finishes up you know where you know it doesn't matter what they think that that was the that was the exclamation mark on the whole oh, thing when he said that that was that was uh, that was uh, chef's kiss that was um, however now, which is great because I love how he's kind of asserting himself. Like I'm the one who says what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I have the final say, and it's going to be Cody and Roman. Um, however, I love how he dropped in a little bit of a a little bit of an Easter egg about authority, mm-hmm. because if we remember, and I I really wasn't watching, so I've only kind of caught this in reruns on YouTube and stuff. But wasn't Triple H part of the Authority? Yes. I wonder if we're not building towards a point where you have Triple H aligning with Rock and you mm. create this this authority kind of thing and you're you're trying to recapture some of that attitude era stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've blabbed about that for I don't know how long now. Uh, what do you think about those those points? Uh they they're interesting. Yeah. I mean, what was your first point? Sorry. You got I don't for, remember. Uh, uh, I know. was it I Heel Rock or was it uh It was Heel Rock and then just kind of like the idea of this whole thing being a work from the beginning or, or were they adjusting and course correcting? Uh, no, I, I kind of came out of it, you know, like, like looking back on it now, I feel like we, we got, got to you think quote, it's been a work, our truth. Well, here, here's, here's, you know, with, with, with a week of, of ruminating on this a little bit and kind of seeing where they're going. Um, at least right now, because I, I've been reading things that sound like that, that it's like, well, the, the main event for now, like it's going to get adjusted again. The man's been on cage side seats, like refreshing every five minutes. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, that, you know, we, and, and, and I say this because it's, it's WrestleMania 40. It's the 40th anniversary mm. of the event. So are they trying to build toward a rock Roman Rollins Cody tag match in the vein of Hogan, oh, Mister no. T, no, Orton, no. or not Orton, sorry, uh, Mister Wonderful and and Roddy Piper. I don't know. I mean, it makes sense from somewhat of a standpoint, but no, please, dear God, no. But but the problem with that is you have to reconcile. Then what happens to Cody's title shot? Because exactly. Cody has to get a title shot because of the fact that he's the Rumble winner. 
So that's where that kind of falls apart. So maybe we're just headed to Cody and Roman on one of the nights and, you know, maybe rock is in his corner or something like that. I don't know. So, um, we'll have to see how that kind of plays out. But, uh, but for now, I, I mean, I don't think this, it, it, if everything is to be believed that's coming out now, which again, we were talking about this a week ago about how rock is asserting his authority and pushing himself into the main event. So who knows? Mm. But I, I do think it is a fairly genius story they're they're telling because at the root of Cody's story is, fulfilling something that his father couldn't do or or had done and it was taken away from him so it has a family tie to it yes i think the fact that now they're working a family tie into roman side of things Mm. um as much as there was the bloodline but now we're talking about the rock Mm -hmm. and we're talking about him as you know like you mentioned he's part of the board now and you know maybe they work in some of that stroke that he has or or something like that to create even bigger odds for Cody to overcome what well, kind of felt like they were doing that especially in Triple H's kind of clarifying on yeah. smackdown yeah well, yeah yeah so it, it it'll be interesting to see how how this kind of proceeds but you know rocket texted something a day or two before the kickoff that you know this this will be talked about. Wait a minute, he texted you something? You you got the inside scoop here? You oh, got sorry, tweet, I meant tweeted, tweeted, not oh, texted. Sorry, I was really hoping tweeted. that like you had you had X'd. rock in your address books. Xed. What what is it that people are calling it, it, Exeter? Itter? I don't know. I think it's basically like <coughs> itter. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call yeah. it a tweet. It's like a but nonetheless, with, a, with an SH in front of it. But he tweeted something effective that people will be buzzing and talking about this after after this this kickoff event. And, you know, the thing is, people are. They're, oh, yeah, they're talking totally. a lot more about the event. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if if for some reason they go with something where they postpone Cody's title shot until SummerSlam or something, I, I can see the business side of what they're doing because they can put together a really compelling – I mean, I know it's just a tag match, but I think it would be an interesting, an interesting match between, you know, Roman and Rock, you know, Cody and, and, and Rollins. Now – the thing that would actually, I, I'll say this, but I don't think it would it would bring any more gravitas to it, other than the fact it would be family versus family. Is if somehow they get Dustin in there? No, um, please, no, no. But he's 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 too old now, and I think he's yeah. pretty pretty much with AEW at this point. Oh no, he's so, locked in, and and the fact is, like, God, God love Dustin. Like he's he's had he's had great moments mm-hmm. and all that. I'm sorry, but Cody has so surpassed him. Oh, sure, sure. I don't, I don't, because in terms of star power, mm-hmm. Roman, Rock, Cody, and Dustin, no, mm-hmm. no, it doesn't work. It just so it's got to be Rollins then. It does, but at the same time, God, I hope it's not that. Like I, I just don't want to see as a tag match, even though I'm like it makes sense because you can have most of the actual work happen mostly between Roman, Cody, Rock, Cody, mm-hmm. and Rollins only has to do a little bit because he's still dealing with an injury. Well, and that's why I'm thinking it might be a tag match because Rock has not wrestled in how many years? Well, exactly. So, the, so, so, so a tag match is a it. way you yeah. can kind of mask some of that stuff. And you got Rollins, like you said, who's on a bad wheel. Totally. Maybe that's how you can you know, manage it. Now, I'm still thinking we're going to see a situation where maybe Roman wrestles two nights where maybe one night is the tag match and the next night is Cody's shot. 
I don't know. I I, I don't know. So I just I, I and I've seen that a couple times in in various articles and or videos, which quite honestly I can't keep straight because over the last week I've been kind of you know weekend I've kind of a cha- chain feeding myself some of this stuff. Um, I just don't know that one that's all that interesting, and especially mm. if you're going to have R- Roman Rock. Okay. I don't see how that's that interesting. I think it's much more interesting if you keep Rock almost in because the thing is, like they've they build Roman. The tough part about fitting Rock into this is, mm-hmm. as in some way, shape, or form, someone has to defer to someone. Mm-hmm. You can't have two big dogs. You can't have two mm-hmm. leaders. You know, you can't have two people sitting at the head of the table. So how do you work it in some way? Like is I think if you're going to if you're going to play it this way you almost have to keep Rock somewhat out of the ring and you have to play up the idea of him being that authoritative figure and being able to kind of be protecting Roman from on high yeah. in a way and getting physical when he needs to but not as an actual part of the match. I I I did have another thought of where this can go. Okay. Hit me with it. Uh what about this? Cody comes down in the polka dots. I'm all for it. No, Cody. Damn. Cody and Reigns fight, you know, final night of WrestleMania. Mm. Rock is in Roman's corner. Don't tell Ro- me another screw job. I can't take it. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, but this will make sense. Okay. No, but but think about it. Roman's entire, you know, a good chunk of the the current part of his title reign is all about the bloodline getting in the way of people overcoming yep. him. L.A. Knight, uh-huh. Cody, yep. others. Mm-hmm. What if this is all a setup by Rock? Because think about what Cody said. He said to Roman, I want to take everything from you. What would be more than everything than for on the same night, he not only pins him and ends his reign, but does it because his own family betrays him? And Rock walks out like this has all been a thing that Cody and Rock did as a way to offset the bloodline who have have always come and saved Roman. Okay, so you know what I'm saying? Like, like I know that throws a wrench in all of the, you know, him being, you know, like the authority and all that stuff. But I did think about that watching the after the kickoff show and I watched it. I'm like, what if because when you see Rock come down when Cody did his thing a couple of weeks ago. They shake, they hug, he smiles, he then gets kind of serious. And I can see them going away, going a road with this where it is all a setup for Cody to land this and Roman's betrayed, not not by the bloodline, but by the rock. Yeah. But that then sets the table for rock and Roman to like, they now have something to actually have a, have a battle about. Yep. Yep. Which is, it- which is now the two you know, this blood oath that was supposed to be the peace between the families or whatever is now completely broken and they're at war with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a thought. Um, but, but I hear you. I, I, I think the tag match, I go back and forth on it. Cause I, I like from a nostalgia perspective, I, I like the idea of, you know, trying to do like a tag match similar to like what you had in WrestleMania one. But I get what you're saying yeah. because it doesn't. It still feels a little hollow, you know. It does. It does. Now the thing is, what you're saying makes wrestling sense. Yeah, it makes sense for the business. It sets something else up. It play. It pays off something. The thing I just, uh, 
and this is a me thing. This is, you know, this is, you know, little snug, you know. Bill's bad. Um, I just don't want to see the same BS finish with Roman mm-hmm. with somebody saving his bacon one more time. And I don't want Cody to need help beating him. I, mm-hmm. I just want to see Roman get pinned. I want to see him get bested. Yeah. And I guess in a way that that actually demonstrates how good of a heel Roman is and how how well he's been built up that even as someone who is, you know, smartened up to the business, mm-hmm. I just want to see this mofo get beat. One, yeah. two, three in the center of the ring. No tomfoolery, no assistance. I, I will just want amend, him to do the J O B. I will amend in a way that will make you happy. Yeah, I'm going to flip-flop on my flip-flop. The betrayal is yes. not that Rock does something to Roman. The betrayal is that Rock puts down Jimmy and Solo, so they cannot interfere. Even so, it feels a little bit... I, I, I get it. And, and you know again, what I mean? Like, no, so, I, so yeah, he totally. doesn't interfere with the match. Yeah, it makes Cody sense. Cody can still beat him because no one... And, Gar- and let me just say, I'm calling it right now, we're getting three crossroads like we got on... on you know, WrestleMania 39 at, at, at night two. Like the three amigo crossroads. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and that's how he did it. He nailed yes. it. He gets up. He nailed it a second time. He gets up with him. He doesn't let the hold go. Yeah. He nails him a third time. And that's it. If only, he, if only there was some way he could kind of give a little nod to Eddie there. That'd be great. Cause he Look, does so many nods to his he dad. He do something with the legs. Cause, cause he would always do that, that, that twirly thing with his legs. Yes. To get into like suplex position. You know <sighs> what I mean? <laughs> Eddie was so good, man. He oh, was, we just was. had no idea. Uh, no one, idea. One you know line, what? The, the, the nice thing is, at least Eddie kind of got his he got his roses. Yes. You know, he he got the championship. He got to be the man for a while. That's a consolation. But and, and I and I get what you're saying. And, I, and again, it makes wrestling sense. It's story I, sense. I, it's I story sense. Roman Reigns on such a genetic level <laughs> on so many different areas. I just want to see Cody beat them all. And again, it's a testament to how well this guy's been built up and how good of a heel he is that I, even yeah. knowing the inside part of the business and being able to talk about the storylines and all that stuff, that I'm still like, I want him to beat his ass. I, I admit it. I am not rational about this subject. You are not. But last thing go. I just want to say about the press okay. conference. Last thing. Uh, love the line Cody said to Roman and Rock when he said, what are you two even fighting over? The head of the table? Neither of you have been cooking anything for two years <laughs> or something to that effect. That was great. That was a phenomenal line. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and that's the other part. Like, like Cody, to me, yeah. and, 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 and it's, I, I, again, after, after saying you know, how well you know, Roman has done and all these things, blah, 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 blah. Cody right now should be the man mm-hmm. because he is on top of his game. He can carry the business in the ring as well as on the mic. Mm-hmm. He can do all of that. And it's acknowledging <laughs> um, what Roman Joe uh, has gone through mm-hmm. personally, mm-hmm. health-wise, all yeah. those things. He's not able to do that. Mm-hmm. And no shame in that. That's no fault of his own. Um, he and I give him crap about not working and all that, and it, it's it's tongue in cheek because I understand part of the reason why that is. Yeah, um, and that he's able to do what he does with a limited amount of time he does is a tribute to to one him and also WWE's 
you know, writers and, and their staff and all and, and the entire creative process. At some point, you have to give way and you have to have someone carrying that belt who is able to do it and, and do it to a different degree. Because the fact is, fans even now, even, wh- even if you were able to beat Hogan's record, if Roman were able to beat Hogan's record, at least 50% of fans know it's mm-hmm. hollow because Hogan was working full-time. Mm. And yeah. it's no fault of Roman, you know? I mean, dude mm-hmm. is tougher than, than, than I'll ever be. You know what? I, I give the guy immense amounts of credit for, for what he's been able to do and, and coming back from freaking cancer, dude. I mean, come on. Um, but at the end of the day, like that is hollow. And I think at a certain point, you just kind of have to acknowledge that. Like it's probably not going to happen and it probably shouldn't happen. Yeah. And that's okay. It's okay. He's, he's done wonders for this business. He's made his money. He's made his mark. It's okay. Yeah. Not everybody gets to be Bruno San Martino, Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold or whatever. Just you made your mark, dude. Mm-hmm. Let somebody else carry the ball for a while because Cody is so obviously the next guy. Mm-hmm. So obviously, yeah. Um, yeah. And that's kind of why I'm like, I just want him to destroy everybody, you know? Because I'm that invested now. It's it's it, it's not rational anymore. You know who wants to see someone get their teeth punched in a CM Punk? Oh my gosh! Commentary. I'm, oh yeah. I'm going to switch gears here. And I love, I love the fact that they were still had rock in the background. Who could hear what CM Punk was saying? Yes. And he's like, "Give me a mic! Give me a mic!" And he's like, "Rock didn't throw me over the top rope. Cody did." He's like, "You know what? If someone slapped me in the face. I punch him in the teeth. That's what Cody's got to do. He's too diplomatic. He's got to punch him in the teeth." <laughs> They, they, I, I've, I've, I've seen a, a few things about CM Punk maybe being on commentary between now and Mania. Like, oh yeah, I'm okay with that. That would sure. be amazing. Not every week, not every show, but bring him out every so often because yep. he's a loose cannon in in more oh, yeah. ways than one. You know, I just, it's great. Yeah, it's it is phenomenal. Yeah, and it was great to see Big E. Well, Big it was great to see Big E. Not as good as CM Punk. Um, at the no, end, when he, he's like, he he's like, are we, what, are we, what are we building? We we building the tag? We I don't know. And I'm like, oh my gosh! Somebody is, is screaming in his earpiece. Shut off his mic! Shut off his mic! <laughs> Get You're the camera giving off the main me. event away. What's the matter with you? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, but God, I don't know what it, to make it was. It was Punk so was... great to see Big E. Uh, so good to see that guy moving around and and, oh, healthy yeah. and doing yeah. well. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. that was terrifying what he went through. Yeah. And, and even if he never wrestles again, like it's just good to see that do it out and around, you know, yeah, like absolutely. a genuine feel good story seeing him. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, CM Punk uh, on commentary, all, always a pleasure, always, uh, uh, you know, dynamic on the microphone. And uh, he is, uh, oh, he, he was funny. He was oh. funny. So uh, all He's around, charming. all around for a kickoff show, pretty eventful. Pretty eventful. I mean, quite honestly. We've just talked for about 40 minutes about it, so. <laughs> Probably better than uh, what A- AEW was serving up last week. I would agree. I would I'm just agree. saying. Uh, well, and we're still not done the Week in Geek. Uh, uh, of course not, because we're just annexing more of our regular show. Okay, this is something you asked for. <laughs> So I don't want to hear about the annexation of time because okay, you fine. want to see this. You want to talk yeah, about do. it. I do. Yes, so, I do. All right. And what we're talking about here, ladies and gentlemen, is the Deadpool and Wolverine trailer that was released yesterday. We got a 
we got a little bit of a tease uh, during the Super Bowl uh, for it, and uh, the official trailer was was released. This is coming out in theaters July the twenty sixth. Four it days. It was one of the first uh, first commercials trailer. in the Super Bowl, wasn't it? Like I believe uh, so. Once you get into the official, like actual, you know post pregame and all that yes and it was just like a quick like, like 10 second like hey the trailer's online i'm like well of course it is because you can't show anything that deadpool's doing on network television no sure no, you can't but yeah we have we have the teaser official teaser uh we do in theaters july 26 yes yes oh it's a long ass way away it is but what we are going to do is uh, watch the trailer from uh, Zero Zero uh, on, on YouTube mm-hmm. and uh, watch it all the way through and just kind of react to it as we go. And then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk for another 40 minutes about it. And then maybe we'll get to our actual topic. We, I'm just saying. We, this is going to be like Letterman where someone's going to get cut for time. That's no, what's no going to happen. Sorry, Jimmy Kimmel. Lou, Lou Sorry, Rawls Matt Damon. The green room. Apologies to Matt Damon. We've run out um, of time. <laughs> I have a feeling Matt Damon's going to make another appearance later on in the show. By the way, I know we're going to no, talk about this don't, later. Don't what? do it. Don't do it. Save it for later. Save it for later. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, Deadpool and Wolverine official teaser in trailer uh, in theaters July 26. You want to count us in here, sir? Three, two, and one. Oh, my gosh. Such a brutal look. Oh, my God. That's a terrible haircut. Little happy birthday. And and it's like everybody. I love that. <laughs> this is that how like Deadpool two ended? Deadpool. He was with all of his friends. No, no, no. Okay. This is this is like oh my gosh, that's um oh it's a cab driver from from the first one. Yep. And then stuff goes. He's got sideways. like Nick Nolte hair going on there. TVA. I did not see this coming when I watched this. No, I did not either. <laughs> And the breaking the fourth wall starts right there at about 38 seconds. (laughs) Interesting bringing the TVA into this. Yes, but it actually makes a lot of sense from a story point of view. Hey, it's what's his name from uh, Succession? I believe it's John Wick 2. I love how he's like, you soiled yourself while you were unconscious. I wasn't unconscious. (laughs) Nope. Nope. Oh, my gosh. He is special. So I wonder what happens that causes him to have to do this. I don't know. I bet it's because <laughs> I love that. I smell what you're stepping yes. in, Sensei. <laughs> I love this right here. I love this. I am oh, the Messiah. God. I am uh, Marvel Jesus. <laughs> Good God! And the and the guy's exasperated. Look like well, not quite. There we go. You haven't seen any of the Deadpool movies, have you? No, I haven't. I probably should, shouldn't I? Oh, we need to do a watch-along party for that. I think we should. Look <laughs> how he snaps his hand into place. Is that mm-hmm. Doctor Doom when that satellite comes around? I was kind of wondering about that. I haven't paused Because it, it yet. looks an awful lot like Doctor Doom. It does. And then... The shadow. The money. The visage. Hey, you big ape. Help me up. Schnick. And there comes the. <laughs> oh. There comes the knives. I'm okay. Thank you very much. And just a hint of the of the the comics accurate costume. Yep. yep. How you doing there? 
I need some oxygen, quite honestly. Yeah. I, I do. I, You're about I, to fall over over there? I've got the vapors. Somebody bring me a ginger ale. <laughs> um, <laughs> I need some ginger and some ale. Help me out. <laughs> oh, a seltzer will have to do. Um, oh, my oh, my gosh. That is hysterical. See, the thing is, I what's what I think is the idea of bringing TVA in and, and Deadpool is because the idea, the whole idea of Deadpool, going back to the comics, is in the comics, Deadpool is aware of the fact that he is a character in a comic book. I guess. He is self-aware, and mm-hmm. therefore he is talking to the readers. Mm. And so when they brought Deadpool to his own movie, mm-hmm. um, because he had appeared in like one of the Wolf, I think it was Wolverine Origins, which was a terrible <laughs> rendering of Deadpool. It was yeah. horrific. Ryan Reynolds was still Deadpool, right? But it was the worst interpretation of the character you could possibly imagine, like a PG thirteen version of the character who is who could never be construed as PG thirteen. Um, and when they finally brought the character in full flower, if you will, mm. um he did the same thing like breaking the fourth wall like talking mm-hmm. to the audience at one point you know he goes to the to the x-men to the xavier mansion you know and it, it's the same two x-men he's like oh i only see two of you it's almost like the studio couldn't afford more x-men and the other character is confused yeah because they're like i don't understand what you're talking about you know mm-hmm. yeah and so yeah. the idea of deadpool being able being so kind of macro and being yeah. able to break the fourth wall, being able to actually comment on what's been going on in the MCU, mm-hmm. this kind of makes a lot of sense of how like maybe this is the thing that they use, you know, using him as a way to steer into things in the in the MCU that will then be able to like, okay, we can just course correct everything with Deadpool <laughs> because yeah. he'll be like, don't worry, this will all work out. Yep. Um, but yeah. So, uh, oh, I can't wait for this flick. Oh, it's going to be so great. So I paused it on that, uh, in, yes. in that moment where that satellite dish kind of whips around. And mm-hmm. it, it's a guy holding a machine gun. He has a mask on. Okay. But I don't know that it's Dr. Doom per se. I don't think Dr. Doom's a machine gun sort of guy. I, I didn't think so either. So that, no. that probably is not him. But anyways, it was, it was interesting. But yeah, no, it, it looks interesting. Um, you know, I got some time between now and uh, July to uh, get caught up on the Deadpool movies. I think we need to do a I think the the first Deadpool movie needs to be a commentary track. I think that needs to happen. I think that we need to. Should we try to do this on the Twitcheroo or uh, what do you think? Ooh, like a live reaction? Yes. I did create a Twitch account. I have no idea how to use it because I'm old. But we could try it. We'll have to stumble through it, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, we have we, the gumption. <laughs> hopefully, we won't get American warships drunk. Oh um, God! In, yeah, in we, our, are we ever going to surface that that let beauty? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> because in our defense, that was our only self defense. Was it's uh, it's going oh. to require though? Because because we recorded this this episode this this uh, lost episode we we recorded it much like we just did this trailer where we started at zero zero and we would just commentate as you watch. so it require the user to go through the trouble of finding american warship and it's on youtube oh my god it's on youtube like that is how crappy it is it was on amazon because that's where we watched it oh, um 
but the, in the, I think the problem was that we were both so traumatized because we had to watch it twice. We had to watch it yeah. through each so that we would have be able to take notes, and yeah. then we watched it again. And that was rough. Uh, that was rough. <laughs> I'm just saying. It was. Anyways, well, um, <sighs> I think Deadpool and Wolverine is a is a big thumbs up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Excited to see that one. Good to see Hugh Jackman back in the uh the Wolverine attire and uh Yes. Although we haven't seen him seen him, but we will Well, see actually him. if you've if you go online, there's been some leaked photos and yeah. stuff like that. So I mean, you can kind of see him, but I mean, I do appreciate the fact that like the cuz Hugh Jackman is what in mid 50s at this point? Yeah. Early mid 50s. Yeah. Dude, I've been working out for a couple of years. I am nowhere near <laughs> Hugh Jackman in Wolverine shape. Yes. The amount of Nor like, am I. The, the training and, and the dedication that goes into this, which is, I think it's one of the reasons why he was like, I'm just done with this. Like, yeah. I can't continue to do this to myself. The fact that he was willing to be like, all right, fine. One more. That's it. <laughs> you know? I love that. Arm. Yeah. Fine, Ryan. Fine. Okay. And just make sure that check clears. That's right. Right. All right, sir. Is that all we got for the Week in Geek? Uh, we're at the 57-minute mark of this show. Actually, it's probably more like 50, 48 minutes because we, we probably jibber-jabbing for about seven. But uh, Let me talk to you. That's right. We uh, are not for a loss of words, and uh, I think we, we beat the Cody Roman thing into the ground. So, ladies and gentlemen, with that, Deadpool and Wolverine is your Week in Geek. Yeah. He's going to cut it off, isn't he? Yeah, there he goes. (laughs) Son of a... That's for getting us to almost an hour. All right. I Uh, did it! Are you kidding? Let's play this back and who talked for about 60% of the time. I love how wide your eyes got there. It was great. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Because I'm being late. You should be ashamed of yourself, sir. I'm not here to talk about the past, okay? (laughs) Um, we're going to move on. We're, we're, we're looking we're, forward, we're, not backward. We're on to the main subject as our, as our main subject would say, uh, yes. we're going to be talking about Bill, yes. Bill Belichick now. Um, if we can talk about anything else that doesn't relate back to wrestling or dead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Bill Belichick, my gosh, uh, not fired. Um, but I mean, fired from the New England Patriots head coaching job, uh, you know, fired from the, uh, HC of NE. Uh, as he might write on a cocktail napkin. The GM and HC. Well, yes. That was always kind of kept quiet. Like, they didn't really want you to th- to know that necessarily. And for good reason. Well, the man but he also only... didn't, like, he didn't abuse it. You know, or, or he didn't do, like, stupid things with it. You know what I mean? Like some people. Well, I would argue differently. When really? you can't, over, what, like, a good 10 years, let's say, of, of being the GM you can't draft a wide receiver worth a damn. I'm not even talking about a like top tier. Like we're not talking Devonta Adams. We're talking like a third wide receiver who's just consistent. Like you can't draft nobody. You why, didn't why do you use draft it, but someone you... when you have Wes Welker, Danny Aminola, um, what was the other guy who was like Wes Welker, whose name is escaping me right now? Uh, well, they had Edelman. Edelman. But that was Gronk. a long time ago. Uh, Randy Moss. 
I, I mean, I, I'm just saying he, he they had were a, always drafting people, but he could never they never got a wide receiver or really. I mean, quite honestly, a, a running back that fit what they were looking at. But anyways, OK, we're, but, we're but getting ahead seemed, of ourselves. He always seemed to well, hold on. You, you said it. Let, let me just say a little retort. OK, but he always seemed to. What was interesting to me about Welker and I don't know if this is the case for Edelman, but I think for Amendola, Amendola, I can't remember his last name, is I remember no, seeing it, them it was, as... It was, it was, wasn't it Danny Amendola? It, Danny Amendola. They, they were, these were guys who were like serving like a kick return purpose or something else for Miami and not really playing as wide receivers. And then they would get picked, like, like I guess what I'm getting at is he always seemed to have this gift for finding players who yes. could play the position well even yes. though they weren't showcased that way on the team they were on. You know what I mean? Well, yes. And and so that was, okay, that was always one of Belichick's true talents is finding guys who are underutilized in other areas and right. in other with other teams and bringing them in. As far as actually drafting, drafting guys, it, sure. I mean, he managed, he had a lot of hits in other areas. Wide receiver was his freaking kryptonite dude. Like, just in in the terms of like like the law of averages would have said he would have found one yeah but it was almost like he was trying not to draft a good wide receiver it kind of came to that point where it's like is he just trolling us all um but anyways we have not come to praise belichick but to bury him apparently <laughs> um to quote Bill Shakespeare, at least Uncle uh, Todd is. You know, he's he... no. I came to praise him, but all of a sudden, like I just you had me ranting against him again. You're just turning me against these people. I, what? The... This is all you again, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Let the record show he chose to go this path. I did not. You mean should to do be it. ashamed of yourself. <laughs> all right. Anyways, but uh, yes. So Bill Belichick, for the first time, and I mean, damn near knows how long. Twenty four I mean, years. Like, well, I mean, that's just so he between when he took over mm-hmm. uh, as a defensive coordinator or he was an assistant coach of some kind. I don't know if he was a defensive coordinator uh, uh, with the Patriots under Parcells mm. and his head coaching stint in Cleveland. There was a year gap. So 1996, he was not in the NFL. Um, however, then you go back was before that and he was. Cleveland, New York Giants, and then before that, when he wasn't like a defensive coordinator or anything like that, he was always employed from when he essentially graduated college. Yeah, in the NFLs, in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, this is a dude who is has lived the life. I mean, uh, what was the what was the guy for uh, like Don Zimmer mm. for as a, as far as like a you know baseball player, a coach, and this and that and the other like it just never knew what it was like to have a job outside of baseball. Yeah. <laughs> like, what else? What else? What's the real life like? I don't know. I just show right. up and they collect a check, put on a uniform and whatever. And then maybe um, occasionally rush a pitcher and get thrown on my rear end. <laughs> poor Don. And everyone, and everyone, not poor Don. That was a dumbass idea. Like you're an 80 <laughs> year old man. You're going to rush Pedro Martinez. Like he was lucky that all Pedro did was essentially give him a little Olay and help him. Yeah. <laughs> Like if like Don Zimmer had done that, that, the little Ole. If Don Zimmer had done that to Nolan Ryan, Don Zimmer's head would no longer be connected to his body. Oh my! Gosh. Okay, it would have been all over. Um, that is funny. 
But I mean, it's been a long time since we've had an NFL without Bill Belichick in it, especially yeah. Bill Belichick as the head coach of the New England Patriots. Mm -hmm. And it's it's very strange. He had essentially, it seems like he had one interview or one uh, one team that was after him, the Atlanta Falcons, which I mean, <laughs> the irony there is mm -hmm. just you need a dump truck to carry it to the interview. Um I saw one tweet or, or something on Instagram that was like, I think the reason why Belichick uh, didn't get the Atlanta job was because he demanded $28.3 million <laughs> per year. Oh, 28 to three, ladies and gentlemen, Yes, 28 to three. One of the most infamous numbers. If you don't know. Oh, um, oh. yeah. Um, greatest comeback in all of, uh, in for my money in all of, uh, yes, football history it, it, it I, I think there's been some wider margins but no greater stakes um but it's a, it's a very weird thing to be thinking of number one the Patriots going into a season without Belichick at the helm yeah uh, Gerard Mayo is now uh firmly in control and seems to be putting together pretty uh good staff uh I think Dante Hightower was just hired as a linebackers coach I mean it's like Wow. It's literally putting the band back together here, man. It's uh, I'm, I'm expecting Vince Wilfork to be announced as a head scout at some point. You're going to bring or in maybe, to, to, Tommy B as the uh, offensive coordinator? <laughs> I don't think they need that. No. No. I don't. And the thing is, I don't think he would make a great offensive coordinator. I, I just don't. I don't, He's I don't know. He's too if that's busy playing the keyboards, if you know what I mean. We'll get to that. Um, so, anyways, we're here to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, 20 some odd years here with New England. Um, so can I throw out one stat from, this is yes, from NBCBoston.com, since you were talking about how he's just kind of persisted, much like Don Don, Zinner, Don Zimmerman did, you know, with baseball. Yes. It's just uh, Don Zimmer, not Don Zimmerman. Oh, sorry. <laughs> of the Brooklyn Zimmermans. Um, <laughs> I thought it was the Minnesota Zimmermans. Isn't that, isn't that Bob Dylan's uh, name, Zimmerman? Might have been. Might've I think been. it is. Anyways. Uh, but uh, 49... 49 is the number of consecutive years Belichick has been a coach in some capacity in the NFL, a record Gosh. almost 50 years. Here's my issue. Mm -hmm. I understand the team is not performing where it once did without Brady. Yes. I don't understand, though, why they couldn't go one more or two more years with him. Because yeah. of everything okay. that he's done... And because of the fact that, you know, how, how cool would it be if, if let's say, they do get a good group assembled to go on maybe not a Super Bowl run, but at least a playoff-worthy run, where he can earn – because he was on pace to basically, you know, uh, dethrone Shula as, you know, having the most wins by a head coach. Technically speaking, if he'd been on his normal pace, he would have already done that. Right. And so it it bothers me that, you know, yeah, the team isn't performing great. They should be doing better, so on and so forth. But give it a couple of years. Like, I, I know I'm not the owner. I'm not the one who's 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 losing money or earning money mm -hmm. or whatever is going on with the franchise. But but I, I have to believe Robert Kraft is doing OK, no matter what happens. I don't think he's worried about where his next cup of coffee is coming from. No. no. But. Why you couldn't just go another year or two with the coach that, that got you six Super Bowls is beyond me. You know what I mean? 
I, I do, but at the same time, uh, so two things. First of all, uh, all right. Robert Allen Zimmerman is the Bob Dylan's given name. Okay. Uh, so here's the thing. I guess I was thinking him. <laughs> That's my deal. Think about the government. Um, anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, everybody. Get, okay. Um, everybody must get. Oh, never mind. Oh, sorry. No, wait. Is that, is that the Godfather's music? <laughs> so here's the thing. Yeah. I think at a certain point, coaches, players, folks have a shelf life. Yeah. Leaders, I think, especially have a shelf life. And at a certain point, your, your method of thinking is just going to diverge from the people who are cutting your checks and for the people who you're leading. Mm. And at that point, there's no delicate way to get around that. And it's happened with every every great head coach mm-hmm. every great head coach except with the except well actually no because vince lombardi uh, you know he passed away um but he was not nearly as successful with the washington redskins as he was with the green bay packers mm-hmm. so and, and you look at like bill parcells one of the great coaches of the modern era mm-hmm. every single place he went after the new york giants was diminishing returns mm-hmm. um you look at Tom Landry. You look at Chuck Knox. Chuck Knox retired, but I believe that if he had... Well, no, Chuck Knox went on from the Steelers to the Seahawks. And did the Seahawks ever win a Super Bowl with him? No. Um, Bill Walsh was probably more the example of someone who knew kind of the end, like, okay, I'm about done. And mm. retired, and that was went out it. on top. Sam Weish, even though he never won a Super Bowl, had great seasons in Cincinnati, went to Tampa, not so good Mm. it happens with everybody so eventually your time is just done and it happened with don shula don shula like he retired but at the same time he wasn't doing anything Mm -hmm. how long it had been when don shula retired it had to have been at least 10 years he had been in a super bowl in a super bowl lost it and how many years before that since he had been in a super bowl and won it. So, I mean, every great head coach eventually just kind of goes off into the sunset. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think Belichick is done. I think he was just done in New England. Mm-hmm. Like, him and Kraft were no longer going to agree because at a certain point, Kraft is seeing, like, you are not drafting. You know, the strength we used to have was we were we were drafting some good players. Now, granted, nobody drafts 100%, but you draft Tom Brady. You draft, um, you know, uh, uh, any of the number of great players they had. But, I mean, you, you have, like, Dion, um, Dion Branch. Oh, right, right. You have, even if you count Jesse Edelman, you you, you drafted. Julian. Julian, sorry. Why well, I, I keep on going back to the guy I went to high school with. Hi, Jesse. Um, <laughs> like you're listening to this. Um, but, I mean, they were able to draft talent. Vince Wilfork, uh, mm. you know. Gerard Mayo. <laughs> um, that worked out pretty well for them eventually here. Um, but you were, over the past few years, defensively, yeah, you're still churning talent. Mm-hmm. Offensively, lots of busts. And, and, and your coaching decisions, I think even more so, are the thing that might have gotten him in trouble. Like, what the hell are you thinking putting Matt Patricia in charge of the offense when he's never been an offensive coordinator before? Mm. Things like that, I think, are, are are the point when 
crafts like I don't know that you're you're seeing this clearly anymore. Mm. And I get it. It, it, it. There's times when it's just time for a change of scenery. Yeah. You know, yeah. so that I see like, yeah, it would have been great for him to to continue on and to get the record and all that. But it just wasn't meant to be. Yeah. You know, because Mac Jones didn't work out and, and your coaching decisions for a larger part didn't work out. Yep. And that's just the and, you know, unfortunately, that's the story of you. It sucks. Understood. Understood. But I still was, I still would have liked to have seen one or two more seasons. Oh, I would have, too. But, you know, I would let him break some records. But you're not because you're not the sunset. Gonna. You're not going to with the way he's with the way that they've been drafting and the way that they've been accumulating like coaches and everything else and the way they've been running over the last few years. I, I honestly like Kraft has given him a couple of years here to really turn turn things around. And he hasn't like that. Has he really, though, I mean, how long has it been that Brady since Brady left three years? OK, well, here's here's the thing. Well, yes, three years. Okay. Here's the thing, though. Look at look at his look at the decisions. That doesn't seem like that much time. It sounds like, at least from from the you know you you listen to the reports, it sounds like the Jimmy Garoppolo thing was a, a was a stuck in Belichick's craw, and in a way, it was a big fu where he traded Garoppolo, and mm-hmm. then also let Brissett go, and all this, and essentially, like you, that's how you wind up at the Cam Newton era. Okay. Whereas if you had at least traded away Garoppolo, which I'm fine with, because Garoppolo. It might be a very nice human being. I don't know. He can't seem to stay healthy, though, which in football is not a good thing. Yeah. If you had at least kept Brissett, mm-hmm. you have someone that could then become your bridge quarterback. Yeah. They didn't even do that. So then you wind up with a Cam Newton experiment, uh, which <laughs> we are, we're on record as like going down with that ship in the couple of episodes where we thought we were trying to be optimistic about that. And who boy, did that not age? Is well? that season two or season one? I don't remember. Uh, both, I think. Okay. Um, and then Mac Jones. And I mean, there's been opportunities here to at least show some kind of progress. And it doesn't seem to be heading in any kind of positive direction. It's just heading in a like this swirling motion. Because the thing I don't understand is like this was year two of Mac Jones. Was like, it? Year I thought two. it was year three. Uh, it's year two. Hang on a second. Let me. I I, I disagree. Uncle Todd's gonna find Hang out the truth is is a difficult pill to swallow. Where's Where's pro football statistics to this? Like a thrash this this gentleman. <laughs> um, actually, no. It is 2003 was year three. So you have 2001, 2022, 2023. Um, so Mac Jones played 17 games in 2021. He was for the 10. Patriots. Uh, unless I'm completely reading this wrong, I, I don't think he played for the Packers. All right. Well, um, this it's saying in 2021, he had 3,800 yards. Then in 22, he had 2,997. And then in 23, he had 2,120. Oh, uh, and, and trailing downwards in touchdowns as well. Uh, yeah. 22 to 14 to 10, um, which again is. I, I, I don't think it's necessarily Mac Jones. I think Mac mm-hmm. Jones could have been a serviceable quarterback. I think, again, I think the coaching decisions that the coaching hires that Belichick made mm-hmm. probably got his ass fired or I'm sorry, he didn't get fired, but um, shown the door, shown the door. 
more so than the drafting. Like you could have lived with the drafting. Like the defense right. has been good enough and all that, but your your coaching choices have been poor. I think there could have been more time given. Sure, and then you could have lost more games. I mean, I, I just you know don't... what? We have six Super Bowl rings. What the heck is two more years? It's not. I, is all it's, I'm saying. It's, what have you done for me lately, man? I'm not. I don't make the rules in this. Like, all it's right. not. It's not my team. All I right. will say, like, the thing is, like, none of this diminishes, like, what Belichick did. And this, and this, no, no, uh, no. what, what is this? Uh, this NBC. Um, Boston. Boston article is it's uh, this is a read man like I'm gonna go through the stats in a moment but yes, yes. please yeah let's let's just read through those because this is the thing like as as whatever Belichick has done wrong it's balanced by just the it is is balanced by the fact that you're judging by such a higher standard than yes. you can apply to most uh, any other coach yes and I I just want to call out real quick before I go through these uh, these stats uh, Christopher Price uh, wrote this back, I believe, in 2008. It is called The Blueprint, mm-hmm. How the New England Patriots Beat the System to Create the Last Great NFL Superpower. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what what I found fascinating when I read this book was how Belichick, uh, not, not just the way he coached, but the way he thought about, um, I don't mean to say the game, but, but about coaching as a whole, like how he would seed people who who understood his system mm. in the college ranks mm-hmm. how he would in essence create almost like not his own farm system but he would this is basically how he landed Tom Brady is that yeah. he he heard about uh Tom from from a a former you know coach or or colleague who was in in the college ranks in Michigan saw him play, understood Belichick's system, said this this quarterback is like tailor-made for how you want to run things. Well, that was – and that's covered in Michael Hawley's book, Patriot Reign. Yeah. Yep. Where he talks about like they developed like here's the profile of a quarter of our ideal quarterback. Yeah. And Dick Rabine, who was the quarterback coach, was like this is the guy. Right. But he it's almost like the boxes. it's almost like Belichick created his own farm system because he had so many people down in the college ranks that he could – well, that too, yes, and and you know, and then across the NFL, where he could work some of these deals because he knew them and they understood his system, and they would kind of bring to him like, "Hey, this person I think would fit here." Or this, yeah, it was it was very fascinating to understand. Like, I didn't realize how much reach that he had that way, because it 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 always seemed to be amazing how he would land these players who are kind of like discount bin sort of players, and mm-hmm. then they turn into these like superstars on the Patriots. That was always kind yeah. of a hallmark of his. Or and, guys, who, or, or the guys who burned the Patriots, and then he'd be like, "Okay, I'm going to go out and sign them." Right, right, hundred <laughs> percent. Like Wes Welker, that was a thing. Like Wes Welker yep. completely torched the Patriots in a couple of games, yes. and then they immediately went out and signed him. Like, okay, at least we don't have to worry about him twice a year now. He's on our side. Absolutely. Absolutely. But that was a thing that like like uh, Red Arback did too, as well. Like, I, you know, he had people that he trusted, and that whose opinions he trusted. I believe if I'm if I'm remembering this right, which I might not be. Uh, but I'm not going to fact check it right now. I believe he pretty much drafted Bill Russell sight unseen. Mm. Okay. Because at that point you didn't have the film and the, you you see him on TV or anything like that. Like that's university of San Francisco, you know, reds out in the East coast at that time. The, what was that? The fifties. Yeah. You know, you're not, you're not getting cable TV game of the week on ESPN, you know? So they're like, this is a guy you need. He's like, all right, well, Let's get him, you know, because yeah. this guy says it and I trust him. 
but yeah, that 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 was and that has always been a strength of Bill. Unfortunately, not so much coaching. But yeah, let's go through these numbers because these, right. these are stupid numbers. As as to do with anything in the Patriots in the last like twenty years, it's it's stuff that's like, you got to be kidding me. That's not real. Yes, this is an article on NBCBoston.com. Uh, let me see what the date on this is. January eleventh of this year. So if you're interested, uh, but a it's called Belichick by the numbers. Here we go, folks. Uh, one. Belichick is the only head coach in NFL history with seven seasons of 13-plus wins. George Seifert is next with three. And for those of you wondering, um, George Seifert is no longer coaching. Uh, so ain't nobody catching that real is soon. Is Seifert still alive? I don't know. He He's one of those dudes who, who probably was like, he looked way older than he was. He had like the full head of white hair. But oh, yeah. He seemed very vibrant. So, <laughs> so I don't know. No, he's no alive. Idea. He's 84. Good for him. 84. Holy Good for man. you, George. He was a great coach. Great coach of the 49ers. All right. Uh, eight Super Bowl wins. It includes two as an assistant with the New York Giants in 86 and 90, and then six with the New England Patriots, 01, 03, 04, 14, 16, and 18. Mm-hmm. He is the only head coach in NFL history with six Super Bowl victories. Who's the next I mean, you have what you have: Knox with four, Seifert. Seifert only had one, right? Um, I thought Seifert had a couple. I don't think he did. I think he had that because the the Forty Niners won like four, but it was Walsh. Did Bill had Walsh three. win two. Walsh had three. Oh, okay. Because um, I th- I'm pretty sure the only one that Seifert had was the young Super Bowl. Jimmy Johnson had three. I don't think anybody is even close. The closest probably right now that you could argue is going to be Andy Reid in a weird twist of fate. I mean, who saw that coming? Yeah. Um, But that all depends on how long he wants to coach and also what happens with the Chiefs over the next Mm -hmm. five, six, seven, ten years. I mean, however long he he keeps going. Yep. Um, But, wow. I mean, that's... That's a daunting mountain to climb, man. That is, and it's impressive. Uh, Twelve conference titles, including three as an assistant. Jeez. Uh, Thirteen. Thirteen seasons with 12 regular season wins and NFL record. That's insane. Seventeen division titles. It is the most by a head coach in NFL history. Belichick also owns the NFL record with 17 seasons of 11 wins in the regular season. Mm-hmm. That is insane. The fact is, if you take the just the Tom Brady years, while Tom Brady was on the roster of the New England Patriots, they had, uh, what was it, one losing season. Yep. And it was the season, it was his rookie year when he didn't start. Mm-hmm. They only had two years, I believe, with single-digit wins. And mm-hmm. there was a 5-11 and season when he was a rookie. And then there was a 9-7 and season after they won the Super Bowl against the Rams, the first Super Bowl. And then after that, they still even went 11-5, and I believe, when he got hurt that first game of the season. Mm. That is absurd. Yeah. In the modern NFL. It is. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. 
Uh, let's see, 19, number of postseason berths as a head coach. It is tied with Hall of Famer John, Don Shula for the most all-time. So he's tied Don with the uh, number of postseason berths as a head coach. Uh, 24, 24 seasons as a Patriots coach. When I saw that number, I was floored by that. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew Belichick had been around for a long time. He, he mm-hmm. But to, to understand that, it had been 24 years since the Patriots had to do a head coaching <laughs> sort of hunt. It was kind of incredible to me. That's that, that that's a significant part of my life that has been, uh, you yeah. know, him him at the helm. So it was very very impressive. It's like it's like if someone tears down a statue in your in the town square, mm-hmm. you know, like Iowa or like you yep. know the city hall is being demolished. Are you serious? Yep. Uh, let's see, 24 seasons, as we just talked about this, 24 seasons as Patriots coach, 24 division titles as an assistant and head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has had 29 total seasons as an NFL head coach. 31 playoff victories. Uh, we already covered this one, but I'll say it again. 49 uh, is the number of consecutive years Belichick has been a coach in some capacity in the NFL, which is a record. It's a shame he couldn't have gotten hired to at least hit 50 on that one. That's crazy. So his, his record is going to like stand at 49 consecutive years. That's insane. Yeah, although I, I will say we'll follow this up in a minute, but yeah. 302. These are the number of regular season wins. He is the third NFL coach in NFL history with 300 victories, joining Hall of Famer Shula at 328 and George Hallis at 318. Mm-hmm. So he's got about 27, 27 victories he's got to get to break Shula's record. He does. And I think you he know does. he wants that record. Oh, you know it. This is the man who sent Doug Flutie in to do a drop kick because it hadn't been done in a certain number of years. Like yes. This is a guy who is acutely aware yes. of NFL history. Yes. And then 333, the total victories, regular season and playoffs combined. It is second only to Shula at 347. Belichick is second with 266 regular season wins with one team trailing only Hollis, by three, uh, who has 318. Which he also, I believe, owned the team. So, you know, yes. you, you get a lot of grace when you own the team, even though no one's firing you. <laughs> you do. There was one um, one record I wanted to bring up, which was kind of interesting, which was not this page. So here's something to think about. So during, the, during his Patriots head coaching tenure, mm-hmm. so six Super Bowl wins, impressive. For I mean, <laughs> impressive is not even the right term for it. They had three Super Bowl losses. Mm-hmm. Two of the Giants, one of the Eagles. That's nine Super Bowl appearances over 24 years. Yeah. A third, over a third of the time you were there, you were in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That is crazy. That's not something that should happen in the no. modern era of free agency and salary no. caps and everything else. Like, uh, no, it boggles the mind. I, I've, I found the other stat. It was on one of the other pages. Uh, head coach of the only 16 and 0 regular season uh, in 2007. Yes, which we'd rather not talk about how that season ended. <sighs> um, the The other thing to remember here is if you count. That's nice. Thank uh, you. If you count his, so he has six 
wins as a head coach, mm-hmm. plus two more with the Giants as defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. So eight Super Bowls to- total. You to include then his one Super Bowl appearance with the Patriots under Parcells as defensive coordinator. Mm. The man has coached in 12 Super Bowls. That's crazy. Because I remember they were making a big deal the other night about uh, Spagnola. Oh, he's been in this. And I'm like, um, that's nice and all. <laughs> yeah. but you're, you're a ways away from yeah. like the creme de la creme. Like, let's just let's just be honest here. Yeah. You know, it's nice. I, I appreciate it. But come on. Um, good, sweet Lord. I, I mean, I, I, I just the thing I go back to here is, um, you know, Parcells was the first time that you really felt there was legitimacy being uh, for the Patriots in terms of like real legitimacy before mm-hmm. this. I mean, they had they had, you know, Chuck Fairbanks. Raymond Barry were, were your two like top head coaches. Um, however, they they just never quite got over the hump, and they they didn't have long periods, you know, long long stretches of uh, of greatness or anything like that. Uh, you know, the Patriots before Parcells got there were just like this. <laughs> you know, doormat of the NFL and, and brief mm. periods of brief glimpses of hope and, and then just, you know, upright, outright buffoonery uh, in many other areas. So Parcells was kind of the beginning, but that didn't go very well, um, as Green Bay Packers fans will be able to attest to. Yeah. Um, Desmond frickin' Howard, man, ruined my childhood. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but Belichick just brought the stability and legitimacy through just winning Mm -hmm. just outright achievement and it's hard to argue with you know with his methods even though there were times it was really frustrating when he would cut a player that you liked where you trade someone and you're thinking this is the end and then it turns out that he's right and that's after after you know why for so long it was like in belichick we trust Mm because even if he wasn't right this year it didn't seem like it was that many years before he would be proven right. Yeah. And that is an incredible thing in the NFL where everybody seems, it seems like at least 33% of the, the league is on the hot seat every se- single season. You're all about 33% tonight. Am I? Are you doing Steiner math? I don't know. Are you doing the 66.6%? I, m- I might be doing bourbon math. Or 66 sure. and two thirds percent? I don't do math anyways. What, when did I say 33% before? Uh, I don't know. You you shouted out another stat. Where so like you can't 30. even remember, so it doesn't even count. You said thirty three percent before the record shows. Once you get this on YouTube, I'll rewind it. I'll post the t- timestamps to our group shows. chat. Shows. Oh my gosh. That's right. Here two four. Anyways, you have the People's Court music on there, or no? That get booed. I had to erase that. Ah. Um, I think in terms of you know not ending up with another team. Yeah. I think that it's probably a good thing for him to not. In the same way that it was going to, you were going to need a palate cleanser after Brady left the team until you start another quarterback. It's just not going to work out. Yeah. And, and honestly, the other part of that was what were the really good situations? Mm-hmm. You know, teams looking for, looking for head coaches are, are inherently not in great situations, um, unless you have someone who went out on top. 
and yeah. decided that, you know, and they left the, the cupboard stocked for you. That's not usually the case. I think the Falcons were probably a decent choice. I think they need a quarterback. Again, I don't follow the NFL as closely as I used to. Mm-hmm. But I think at the end of the day, it might behoove him to take a year off mm. and let people know, like, hey, I'll be ready next year for whoever has, you know, might think they're on the verge. Like, it didn't seem like any of these teams that were looking for head coaches were a head coach away. It's like they were a head coach and about five other positions away. Yeah. So if there's a team that might feel like we're a head coach away from getting over the hump. I don't know. Maybe there's a playoff team that feels that way. Maybe there's even a team in the Super Bowl who feels that way. I don't know. San Fran feeling like, well, did we get out coached? I don't know. Probably not. No. Uh, I think they they did pretty well for themselves. But it it sets I think the up. Chiefs this... should replace Andy Reid, is what I think. Actually, no. I think it, as 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 it's as weird. Like I've turned so far around on Andy Reid now, but that dude just seems like to have to have the mentality that just he he's he's hitting his stride man and it's good to see you know like, i always gave for andy reed a hard time because Ooh. i look at him and i'm like that's a dude who looks like he should be coaching p pe at like a coat like a high school in nebraska <laughs> or he should be managing like a bucky's in oh, texas good lord but but he's he seems like he he the people love playing for him and he seems like he's kind of there shamed of yourself listen dude did a good job um but I think that it might behoove Belichick to take a year off and let people know, like, I'm here. And then have his choice of next year of people who are like, yeah, we this guy might be out the door and, and be angling for him. I don't know. That's I'm just surprised. my thought. I'm I'm surprised. I given his resume and what he's done and in I, I don't know. I, I'm just a, I'm a, I'm amazed that teams were not chomping at the bit to get to get him. Well, I think the other thing too is you know that you're going to have to hand over the GM spot to him. He's not going to, he's not going to go in there and work. He's got a proven track record. I mean, he has a proven track record of like destroying, not having a wide receiver core. Yes, he's got definitely got a track record. Dude, go ahead and name me one number, one decent wide receiver they've they've drafted since Edelman, and they didn't draft him as a he was a wide receiver. He was a quarterback. But again, I I go back to the whole point of though. What does it matter when he knows? Like, it's not just always about the draft, though. Like, you you can pick up free agents, so it's like I, I don't understand it, the obsession with the draft. It because that's where you get cheap labor. Okay, but so you don't have you get again, cheap unskilled labor. You get labor that's not ready for the NFL that is going to have to it, develop for a couple of years. So exactly, but you're getting players who you're going to have on the cheap for a while, and then as they get better, okay, then you're ready to pay them. But you're not going to have to go out and lay out a ton of money for them. So I agree it, to disagree. Okay, fine. You know, whatever. I, I'm surprised that of the teams. And this is that why were, Barry Foster schooled you every oh, single time. Come on, because you pick the team that had like the, the look edge. of disgust on your face was worth it. The, the, you pick the team that had the edge. Come on. Oh, like you're, and you're supposed to be so superior because you decided to pick some pariahs. Okay, I was, fine. I, I, if we had done a non Barry Foster contest, I think this would have ended very differently. I'll just say that. Okay. Barry Foster was the, 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 the Marvel Messiah of your, uh, of your football team. So, okay. Whatever. But no, I, I, I think, I, I don't know. I'm surprised he, he wasn't, 
he wasn't snapped up. Now it could have been because there were some unreasonable, you know, requests being made and so forth, but I, I don't know. I mean, with his track record and what he's done and, and why would you not want someone like that leading your team? I, I, to your, I, I get your point about taking a year off and all of that, but it just seems like there are teams that, that he maybe would have fit in well with and, and could have done, done some good stuff with. And, Maybe there will still be that opportunity, you know, after this next season. But it's just strange for for someone with his resume to not get picked up by someone. But yeah, and it could be. I mean, it could also just be like owners having a bad taste in their mouth from the Patriots all these years. You know, the same as I mean, you go back to the Celtics. I mean, the some of the stuff that happened with the Celtics after years mm-hmm. of red just beating everybody. And some of the things that happened with them where, you know, go back to like Reggie Lewis, Mm -hmm. they carried Reggie Lewis's contract on under their cap Mm -hmm. for years, even though the man died. Mm -hmm. Marcus Camby gets a career ending injury for the Knicks and they get instant salary cap, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. relief. I don't know. I think people were just kind of sick of the Celtics being on top. That's just what I think. All All right. But I could I I don't know. It's I I think more I think it might have more to do with him than it has to do with other teams. There yeah. might have been, you know, basically like, hey, if you even want to talk to Bill or mention his, you know, keep your keep Bill's name out your mouth. Um, <laughs> um in, unless you <laughs> unless you have this, this, and this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You had to open up that can of worms, didn't you? Why not? <laughs> Why not? No oh, one's watching funny. still. It's late in the show. Oh my um, gosh. So it doesn't surprise me. I think he I think he will coach again. I think he's way too close to Don Shula's record. I think he yeah. wants that. Yeah. Um and it wouldn't take that long if he's in the right situation. So I think he will coach again. Yes. Maybe he retires. He's in the seventies. Again, it, it, there's there is this thing, uh there was a there was an interview with Lemmy. Uh, from Motorhead, where he basically, and I think Keith Richards has some, said something very similar, like, I'm literally not qualified to do anything else. Like, <laughs> this is what I've done my entire life. There's, there's nothing else for me to do. I don't know what to do. What is, I mean, I mean, maybe he will. Maybe he's decided, like, eh, I'm good. No, you have a munchkin. Oh, great. Oh, thank you for the heads up. I wasn't watching that time. Yes? Okay. Hang on a second. You got a that hair. Oh no, that hair is attached. Okay, I thought you had a stray. You going to bed? For pulling out my hair. I didn't pull out your hair. I just saw it fall to the ground. Okay, well you've got others. All right. Good night. Good night. Sweet dreams. Yeah, tell her it could be worse. I can take my hat off and show her. <laughs> and let the bed bugs bite. Okay. What'd she say? Final retort she couldn't think of. So that's a placeholder. Okay. She'll come up with something later. We'll do it in post. Okay. <laughs> All right. But you tell her if she's worried about the hair falling out, just look at uh, a man they called Tim. Could be worse. Could be worse. No, you got a full head. You got like a mullet under there. You're just hiding. <sighs> One Anyways. Wishes. One wishes. One wishes. 
so let's let's do some quick thoughts on the game. Uh, you watched the fo- uh, you watched the uh, football last night. Well, actually, one one fi- can, can can we raise a glass to Coach Belichick though? Twenty four well, years. Uh, hang on a second. I gotta you got raising a glass. I'm out here. Hang on. Oh. Well, see, so you got to be like me and have the bottle right next to you. Well, I did. There it is. Then you outpaced me. Am I? Got to work That's tomorrow. <laughs> Me too, but I don't have a regular job, so. Oh, come on now. <laughs> All right. Uh, hang on a second here. All right. All right. What are we, what's going on here? I don't know what is going on over there. I don't know. You're you you all of a sudden you're making toast. You're getting well, all no, emotional be, because of the fact that I mean I remember when we were and they called Tim is going to start crying any moment now. He's going to go for his Oscar nomination. No, what what I I I remember back to when we worked uh, at the at the days of servers merchandise when we were both, oh boy both in college and we we never thought we'd see a, a time when the Patriots would be competitive or oh, hell or, no. or win a Super Bowl. And uh, this man made it all happen with with those he he pulled together, one Thomas Brady and and others. Oh, we're going with the f- we're going with this full government name now. <laughs> <laughs> Tomas Brady, yes. <laughs> oh my god. What? Okay, hang on a second. I got to find out Tom's middle name. Now. <laughs> Tomas. <laughs> Good Lord. Let's oh. see here. Um, I'm trying to make a toast. Oh, oh, my good Lord. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. Love <laughs> <laughs> The California Brady's, I'll have you know. Oh, the California Brady's. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Raising a glass to Coach Belichick, 24 years of excellence. Thank you for all the memories and the championships. 24 years of mostly excellence. 24 years of excellence. You take the good with the bad and you live with it, ladies and gentlemen. Don't listen, Uncle Todd. You have to just fuck up and deal when the team isn't firing on all cylinders. This is the same thing that people say about when you drop the soap in prison. (laughs) Pick out a spot in the wall. You gotta take the good with the bad. Why'd you have to go there? Oh my gosh. That's what you were talking about, wasn't it? No! I thought it was. I'm very confused. What are we talking about again? Oh my god. This is on video now. <laughs> oh. oh. I forget what I was saying. <laughs> I think you were toasting to something about, you know, <laughs> oh eyes God. up at the urinal. What, I don't know what it was. Stop it. Good God. <laughs> it's Coach Belichick. Yes. Yeah, so, 24 okay, years of excellence and uh, all all six Super Bowl titles. We we thank you for delivering five more than we thought we ever deserved. So. <laughs> oh, six more. <laughs> six more. I, thought, oh. I never thought I'd see that. Salud. And that is the thing. Like I, I've, I've, I, I, there are times I, I like to rag on 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 hoodie for some of those things. But I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, like I will never forget. <sighs> you know, it is it, it. Like I never thought that I would see the Patriots win a Super Bowl. I just never. I, I I rooted for them. I never. I just never thought it would happen. I distinctly and, remember being in my apartment in uh, mm-hmm. Woodridge, Illinois. Yep. 
and calling you yes. when it was done. And yes. just all I could say is, I, I it was either something effective. I can't believe it's happened, or can you believe this is happening? Mm-hmm. We we never thought we would see it. You know no. what I mean? Like it just no. it, it seems so out of reach every year. And it was just it was surreal when they finally did it, and then to then do it in a and then continue to dominate and be as good as they were, and to have you know the 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 rivalry with the Colts, the rivalry with the Giants. I mean, it was just oh my god, it was. My sons grew up with Roger Goodell. Well, that too. But my sons grew up all through that period, and I'm just like, you guys got to see the Patriots when 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 I was a kid growing up. It was the 49ers. That was the team of excellence. It seemed like not you know they didn't win every year, but they always seemed to be respectable. Well, but they had that run of like 10 plus win seasons, right? And that's what I view the Patriots. And so I look at it, and I'm like, this is what you know, this is what I wanted the Patriots to be, but. Mm-hmm. They actually got to grow up with that. So, so thank you, Coach Belichick. We yes. appreciate the memories most certainly. And now we'll we kind of have to rush through these because I I need to cut the yapping off here. I know it's, I know. it's settling we, into bedtime here, but uh, we've gone long. But you watched the the football the other night. Um, the uh, yes, 58. yes, I did. I and, had my bowl of chili. Uh, I had my uh, chips and dip, mm-hmm. and it was all good, ladies and gentlemen. It was a good game. Except for the prediction, which Tim was fervently in the in the hey, Niners camp. If they actually did OT by sudden death, Niners win. That's all I'm going to say. Yep, and and you know what? If a frog had wings, it wouldn't bump its ass when it hops. So what? What did Gorilla Monsoon used to say? It's uh, close in in horseshoes and hand grenades. Or, or, or was that Mean Gene Okerlund that said it's it's? Uh, it's been a lot of people who've said that, Tim. Well, a lot of people. That's it's, where I think that expression goes. I think that expression, well, what's the expression? both of them. What's the expression? <laughs> Close is only in horseshoes and hand grenades. OK, well, I heard it from Mean Gene Okerlund or Gorilla Monsoon. Well, the fact is, like, it, overall, the game itself, I will yes. say this uh, as someone who had a dog, nary a dog in the fight. Um, yes. I, I, I made a, a case for either because I we, we went over to some friends to watch the first half and the halftime show. Mm-hmm. Um. And they're like, "Who are you rooting for?" I'm like, "Well, in a way, I'm rooting for, you know, I, I can, I, I, I would like to see the Niners win because I just love the idea of Brock Purdy, like Mister Irrelevant, like literally the last guy drafted in his class mm-hmm. is starting in the Super Bowl and is becoming not a game manager, not a fill-in, not, like he's making plays and his team believes in him. That's a great story. On the other hand, you know." this budding chiefs dynasty and Patrick Mahomes, like mm-hmm. playing the way that he is and his team and, and, and Andy Reed, who was always to me was like, Oh my gosh, this is the, the modern day Marty Schottenheimer. Like he'll always get you close, but never is going to get you over the hump. Mm-hmm. I'm wrong. Like, I mean, this guy has gotten Kansas city to a land where, you know, you have to go back to Len fricking Dawson. Yeah, to, to get back to the glory of Super Bowls, so I'm wrong. That was like I I don't, and and also like hey I'm in much of the same way of Robert De Niro in uh in the in the movie Men of Honor, uh, I kind of want to see the Chiefs win just to see more shots of Taylor Swift just to piss people off, um, because I'm I am that agent of chaos, um you are. So I didn't have really a dog in the fight, and but it was a really good game to watch. It was a fun game to watch. There was something for everyone. Great defense, mm-hmm. some some really good offensive plays, um, suspense down. I mean, hell, if you, even if you're a fan of special teams, I mean, my God, 
the punters were having a hell of a game. Like the, the the distance they were getting on these punts and the way they were pinning people back and the coverage was great. The you know setting two two records for the furthest you know field goal in the Super Bowl. Like making. Do you remember record- when a forty yard field goal was out of reach? Or, or 45 seemed like way, like it was like right on the cusp of, of out of reach, and now we're like hitting 57 yes. yards. It's incredible. Well, however, also think about how many Super Bowls used to be played in non-domes. Mm. And also, I mean, you're we're, we're now seeing, I think, just a different breed of kicker. Um, but anyways, uh, and you had the, the field goals. You had the missed point after. Mm-hmm. Um, then, oh my gosh, the guy who, uh, who what was it, Cloudless? McCloud, uh, um, gosh, I can't remember. I don't but the know. guy, uh, he he was the one who, after the punt, went off of his teammate's ankle, mm. which was the oddest angle. I still to this day like cannot fi- uh, to this day. It was yesterday. I cannot figure out how the punt managed to hit his ankle because it was like the inside of his ankle. With the way he was turned, I'm like that is a one in a billion chance that ball bounces and it lands that way mm-hmm. tried to cover it he should have mick fallen on it instead of trying to make a run with it because it, it was mick something or rather was his name <laughs> i was gonna say why, why are we getting mick something in front of all these words he should have mick fallen on it because okay. instead he tried to pick it up and run with it i'm like dude that is you're already like deep in doo-doo fall on the damn ball yeah and he didn't yeah. and 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 chiefs recovered oh my gosh and then to, to like back and forth in overtime, like I- insane, insane. And and such a well-played game for someone who didn't care one way or the other, really hell of an entertaining game. Yep. Yep. Good game. Um, I was disgusted with the results. I, uh, no, I have I, it. I have it on record, ladies and gentlemen. I, I believe I, I posted it to. I believe it posted it to a Instagram. Instagram as well. Yeah. Yeah. You. You. And you which, didn't get which, my Taylor Swift reference, which was the thing that really bothered me. You didn't get the anti-hero reference. No, I, because I don't listen to Taylor Swift. Uh, it's it's almost like that point now. Taylor Swift has almost reached like Neil Diamond levels. Like you don't even need to know the songs. Like they just okay. somehow get absorbed into your DNA through the ether. Oh, see, uh, I, I thought you were literally meaning like an anti-hero, so that's no. when I wrote back. And, and that's what I was disappointed by in your Instagram post. You didn't include the last part where I'm like, no, they're straight up heels, baby. They're straight up heels. Well, I I, I screenshotted and posted, and then you took your sweet time because you were probably downing another bowl of chili. Actually, I think I was. You probably <laughs> were. I'm surprised Just, I was able to text because I was eating like secondhand pizza at that point. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> I'm blind. It, it was <laughs> it, it was a day of shame in terms oh, of my, my nutrition yesterday. You just be put it ashamed that way. of yourself. I am. My, my, I was. My grandfather, my great grandfather, his ancestors. Oh, yes, all the way back. Um. No, I, I I feel for the 49ers. They they played such a great defensive game. I mean, both teams. I keep forgetting you give the Chiefs credit for their defense as well. Yeah, played. A, a strong game um you know it, it was it was a very well matched you know two teams uh going at it um i just felt like i, I really wanted to see the niners win it's been and, and i was telling a coworker about this today it was kind of flooring me but you know to think of the of, of the niners 
you know, back in the 80s and 90s when they were somewhat of a consistent powerhouse in the NFL mm. and to realize they haven't won in over almost 30 years. Like 96 was the, 95 or 96 was the last, I think it was 95 was the last time they won. And we're think in 2024. Think of it this way, dude. Detroit would kill for that right now. <laughs> I know. I know. Detroit ain't never been. 58 chances. They're like, we're 0 and 58. Now, this Crap. is back when the Niners were owned by the DeBartolos and, you know, Fat Tony. So. <laughs> the boy makes an excellent Manhattan. <laughs> A couple of these, you know. <laughs> But what was, um, it? what was it? You ever watch the? Uh, you ever watch the real uh, untold story of ECW on the on Peacock? It's like a WWE special. Oh yeah, yeah, I've, I've watched that. Yeah. And there was one point when Bubba Ray was making some comments about that, and Taz was like, "Don't say that! Don't say!" You could tell like Taz is like, yeah. someone might still come after me." Yeah, yeah. It was my name on the lease. But um, no, I mean, I mean, the 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 game was was a great game. I I couldn't believe the Niners pull off that. I don't even know what to call it. That that pass, that double pass play where where. Oh my gosh! Yes, where they ran it in for the touchdown. I I was for I certain have, that was yeah. going to get like intercepted or stopped at some point, and was just amazed that it that that, that play went off as smoothly as it did. Um. Uh. But I, I, you know, I can't tell if it was just a credit to the Chiefs or if it was the Niners and some of the play calling. But I mean, they just they couldn't seem to get the offense going, you know, in the second half. And well, I mean, I yes, I think they got away from the run, which was the other part of this. Like if you liked, like if you liked passing, there was great passes. If you liked running, Christian McCaffrey, my, my gosh, when they when they handed him the ball and and, and he was the, getting six seven yards a rush, it was crazy. Well, but there was also times they stuffed him. Yeah, oh, there and was. That's credit yeah. to the Chiefs defense, but uh, the the kid from the the Chiefs what was it, Pachenko? Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh, that guy that guy's dangerous. Yep. Um, uh, again, I don't I don't watch the NFL in the the way I used to, so I don't know how Harold. So on my he fantasy is. team, baby, fantasy of team. Of course, I knew there was a friggin' link here somewhere. As um, was Debo. As yes. was Brandon Ayuk. So, so Debo was was having some issues. Yes, he was. Not as many issues as that poor SOB uh, from the Niners who, like, apparently did something. Oh. He was Achilles, like, coming off the sideline. Yep. Oh, what a terrible way to Bouncing play. with excitement, and he goes to run onto the field, and he just, like, falls like a heap. And it's just like. Well, oh so apparently, from what I read a little bit about that, is he he's had an Achilles issue. Mm. And so they were thinking that like he's bouncing, trying to like loosen it up, and then he just went and just oh. the wrong way, and probably oh. the guess is right now that he's ruptured his Achilles, which, Jeez. you know, not an easy recovery. Like people are like, yeah, you're better off tearing an MCL, ACL than your Achilles. Like that's twelve months easy. Oof. So Oof. terrible thing to happen there. But I mean, oh my yeah. gosh. Back and forth, I mean, oh my gosh! The, and it felt like redemption for the for the kicker for the San Francisco 49ers who got the, the what seemingly was the go ahead, um, you know, or the winning kick, and then for Kansas City to come down and manage to win it, um, and and apparently a, a pretty masterful play call by Andy Reid and and the Kansas City Chiefs to on the winning play. Uh, but yeah, it was just oh my gosh, it was there was something for everyone. I think mm-hmm. you know. I still think if it was sudden death OT, Niners I, win, baby. I, I the thing is like I used to be very vehemently against the new 
t- the new um, overtime rules. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, hey, if you if, if you if you lose, you should have stopped them. However, in a situation like the Super Bowl, I'm in favor of those rules. Mm. Like you don't want it to just be a coin flip and then, uh, you know, luck of the draw and this and that and the other. Like, yeah, give them each a chance. And you know what? It, it, the fact is, like, it still came down to like, hey, if you want the game to continue, San Fran, stop them from getting the touchdown. Yeah, I, they, I they, was they, so irritated their defense couldn't stop them. It, well, but they were tied. Dude, both of those defenses were worn out. Like, they were both on fumes, dude. Mm. It was kind of amazing, like, that they both – I was wondering, like, if they go into another overtime period, like, you're just going to see, like, them carting the oxygen tanks out on the field. <laughs> <laughs> people like <laughs> – like the old days when they had the Boston, like the old Boston Garden in the in the Lakers not, came in but, there, it was like eighty five degrees inside, and you had people sucking on oxygen masks. But it, but what I didn't understand though about that is it wasn't like the Niners' defense was was playing all that much in the first half. So I mean, it's not like they were as worn out. I mean, well, I mean, but seriously, still, I, I get it seriously. But they I played mean, a time of possession the for the Niners was insane in the first half. Okay, so here's the thing: it, let's say that you had to run a quarter mile. Mm-hmm. between 8 a.m. and noon. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I ran two miles. Would you then be able to run a marathon afterwards if I only had to run a quarter mile? Noon on? I mean, it's 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 that thing. Like, does that really carry over, or is it just like you're going to be tired because mm-hmm. that second half, Kansas City had the ball an awful long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you're just going to get tired, and that, yeah, like that, yeah, you were well rested from the first half, but <laughs> you're getting you're getting worn out like a rented mule in the second half. Yeah, um, but it was a hell of a game. Hell it was. Game. I didn't I mean, want to see Mahomes win again, though. Didn't he, disappoint. Too much success. He's it's going to his head. He's becoming a head case. He needs to be humbled. Oh my gosh! That's right. You heard it oh. here first. Okay, Sheiky, you're gonna the put man. Him they the- called Tim. You're going to put him in the camel clutch? Wants make him to see humble? Mahomes humbled. Can I get a little bit of the humble? Come on. Oh, my gosh. Cheeky, where are you? Make him humble. That's right. Make you him humble. He is worse than Hulk Hogan. I don't know about that. Oh. I, I think Patrick Mahomes is slightly more truthful than Hulk Hogan. Well, <laughs> when it comes to truthing, sure. I mean, <laughs> everyone does better than Hulk Hogan. So True. Richard Nixon would look good next to Hulk Hogan. Especially if you uh, listen to Jim Cornette talk about all the various lies that Hogan has has spun over the years. Good Lord Almighty. Oh, yeah, that's great. Oh, um, all right, so uh, let's let's actually reverse here the because uh, we're, we're hurtling toward the two-hour mark here. We are. We are. Halftime show thoughts? What would you think? It was fine. I mean, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not a huge fan of, of Usher uh, other than just a couple of the pop songs that I might you know, identify with yeah. or, you know, from the radio, but otherwise, uh, no, I thought it was a, a pretty solid performance and, and, you know, I can appreciate it for, for what it is. Um, I didn't feel like it was, you know, like trying to be offensive in any way or, or be weird. I think he was just, you know, he, he put on a solid show. He had some good stars that joined him on the stage. It was, it was just great. It was, it was a good, good performance by a, a talented, uh, a talented artist. Yeah. My, so the funny thing is, so we were over at these folks' house. Their mm-hmm. daughter had said, oh, do you think that Justin Bieber will be part of the halftime show? Because apparently wow. there was some sort of communication in this and that and the other. I was like, eh, probably not. I mean, 
I don't know how many surprises, you know, like real surprises there yeah. are going to be in the halftime show. Yeah. Um, and my wife had even said, like, oh, you think Taylor Swift will be there? I'm like, I don't think two weeks, a week before, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, Taylor, come on down and jam. Like, it's not that type of gig. From what I understood, this, she flew from Japan to directly to the game because she had a concert there or something crazy yeah. like that. So, oh, yeah, she's on the like the the international portion of her Eras tour. Yeah, and got gonna gross like another three billion dollars. God bless. I mean, I'm not. Um. So, but the funny thing is, so then my wife managed to confuse just Justin Bieber and Justin Timberlake. <laughs> Because she's like, I don't think they'll do that because of that whole Janet Jackson thing. And I'm like, oh, what? I'm like, that's Justin Timberlake. Like, you do realize those are two different guys, right? Yeah. (laughs) She's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, "Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that, that, yeah. So neither one of them are going to be there. Um, I thought it was interesting the fact that it was immediately apparent that Usher's mic was live. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a great live. It well, there was some there was some sound issues, which I mean, granted, I I feel for those guys because trying yeah. to have to set up like your PA, your mm-hmm. stage, and all that in under like fifteen minutes, right? That's that has in to a be stadium that size, which yeah. which quite honestly, I you could barely hear the crowd. Well, I mean, not even not even in terms of like that, just making sure like I, I mean, I've set up the the most elaborate PA setup I think I've ever personally presided over is seven pieces, mm-hmm. you know, in a and I had an hour to do it. Yeah, fifteen minutes with like all of that crap going on, like ain't nobody playing live, you know. I think Prince is famously the one who like had his guitar live mm-hmm. in a Super Bowl because he insisted, and he's Prince, and they're like, all right, fine, because who are you gonna argue with? Right. Um, right. But it was like there was some there was some sound stuff where I'm like, uh, oh, I felt so bad for Alicia Keys mm-hmm. when she started out and her voice was cracking. I'm like, because ah. it felt like she might have blown her voice out in rehearsals or something. And mm. oh my gosh, it stinks that they couldn't. It, I wish they could have lowered the key for her or something because yeah. Alicia Keys is a fracking amazing musician. Oh yeah, singer. yeah. And Very it sucks talented. for her that, like, you know, like, within two seconds, you're like, ugh. But, I mean, she pulled it off. She did. And, yeah. and, and you know, she's a pro, and she kept going, and you couldn't tell. You, you know, she didn't let you know, like, what was going on. But it, it kind of hurt. From someone who was a singer, it was like, oh, that oh that hurt. Yeah. That hurt. I'm, yeah. I feel for you. But, it, yeah, it was it was okay. Um, it's, yeah. it's definitely not going to go in the top ten for me. No, sure. but but I mean, but I, I you know I, I described it the way I did because and 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 you know I know I mentioned the the whole like not offensive thing. Not that every artist comes out and does that, but it's just like, you know, some years there's things where it's just like, why did you do that? You know, but this this I thought I thought Usher represented himself well. You know what I mean? Like I'm not into his music, but I also was like I'm not gonna sit here and say it was bad because he's oh, yeah. clearly talented you know yeah totally and 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 he and he put on a show you know and and i i can respect that i can appreciate that so yeah you know not in my wheelhouse of of what i listen to but Mm -hmm. respect to the man for what he did and and from what i understood from articles i read he he ran through kind of a a bit of you know his discography you know with some of the songs Mm -hmm. ending with you know kind of the the more popular ones i think it was a it was a well done show overall so it's it's one of those deals where if you're not you know if you're not a 
if you're not into that artist or you're not a fan of the genre or or you don't follow the genre closely, yeah. you, you don't know. Right. And it goes back to kind of like when we talked about, you know, uh, you know, we did our Van Halen episode and you mentioned like, oh, well, there's no new Eddie Van Halen. It's like, well, we're not plugged into that thing. And, mm-hmm. and so if you're not plugged into like kind of Usher's R&B hip hop kind of niche well you might be like eh. but it's like the, you could say the same thing about some of the t- halftime shows that i liked like i yeah. love the u2 halftime show and if you're not a fan of u2 you'd be like this sucks right fair enough you know right. um i think it did i think it did a pretty good job and I, I the one thing i thought was funny was a couple people i saw on facebook or social media today like why do you have to take off his shirt and i'm like dude's 45 you take off your shirt and you look like that. Go on with your bad self. <laughs> I'm 48, been working out for like three years now. I ain't taking off my shirt in a, in a stadium full Uncle of people. Uncle Todd wishes he could do that. <laughs> I'm on a permanent bulk. I ain't on no cut. <laughs> um, so, someone, to, I, I think actually when we were at this at, at our friend's house, they're like, "Why is he taking off his shirt?" I'm like, "Cause he can, dude. Look at, <laughs> yeah. look at him. That's 45. Like, I got work to do." <laughs> Yeah. Like I need to go to the gym tonight. Yeah. Um all right, so what do you got for uh best and worst commercial here? I'm curious to hear what you got here. Uh I think we're in agreement for best. Yeah, I, I don't know that I have a worst, but best com- Oh, actually no, I might have a worst. I do. Um best commercial is by far the Dunkin Donuts one with Ben yes. Affleck and, and uh Matt Damon and Jennifer Lopez. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. That, and Tom Brady. And Tom Brady, that was phenomenal. He walks in, he's like the Dunkings. And then, uh, and Matt Damon's like, uh, what did he say? Like, I know at the end he says, like, he's like, remember when I said I'd do anything for you? Yes. This is it. This is it. <laughs> he's like, how do you like them donuts? I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I, like, he was channeling, he was channeling his character from the Oceans movies. Yes. As well as Goodwindle, yes. Goodwill Hunting. And, yes. and, and freaking Ben Affleck just, like, trying to choose scenery. And, like, oh, yeah. almost, like, at his... The the Ben Affleck I saw there was the Ben Affleck I've seen in like Kevin Smith movies, mm-hmm. and that was like yes, yeah. This is the this is kind of like what the Ben Affleck I like, like yes. just so over the top yes. and goofy that yes. Um, you know what we were missing was a little Chucky. Oh no, there was some there was some Chucky in there. Oh, but I mean, I want to hear your suspect or you know here two four. You know, I do Retainer. I do like how how J Lo at the end is like Tom, you can stay. Yeah. I just love how, like, afterwards he's like, "What are you doing that for?" The pinstripes, pinstripes are blinding you. He's like, "Babe Ruth is out," and then he hits his head on the banner. <laughs> just a home run all the like way. Like everything about that was awesome. Yeah, and then she's like, "Yeah, Tom, you can stay." Mm. Oh, it was, that was fan freaking tastic. That was such a great commercial. Yeah, um, I would agree. For worst commercial. I don't know, somewhere between that weird online shopping Timu commercial. Oh, yes, that's mine. Yes. Oh, okay. And then, yeah. the, not to get political, but I thought the RFK uh, commercial was really strange. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, so it's, it's what is going an, on with this? It's playing off an old JFK ad. I know, I know. And even his family is like, you have like literally like pulling a Cody Rose, you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah. Like yeah. you're, you've disrespected the, like, Oh yeah! Oh no! That was insane. Like it just—it's—it's 
it just seems so out of place. Like, I oh, it was, yeah, it was, and it's seven million dollars flushed down the toilet. That's exactly okay. That's exactly what my wife said when after that aired, she says someone paid seven million dollars for that. <laughs> I'm like, yep, I guess so. Holy moly! Yeah. So that that would be my worst. Uh, the my the worst other was the, the Timu ones. Yeah. Like, the other honorable mention was uh, uh, the. Uh, Oh, I forget the uh, T-Mobile one with uh, Jason Momoa doing Flashdance. Actually, I thought that was awesome. No, no, I, I meant honorable mention for best. Oh, okay. I, I thought I thought that was All really right. that was really funny and, yes. and well done, and uh, you know got a great laugh out of it. You know oh, I, mean? I love that. I absolutely thought that was great. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that was good. Um, they tried to do a little bit of the Bradley Cooper thing with his mom with another commercial, which which was funny, but you know. Um, and then the homes.com stuff with, um, oh, uh, uh, what's his face? Was that, um, uh, Eugene Levy's kid? Dan, Le- uh, Dan Levy. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cause I, for whatever reason, like I, he seemed, I don't know, maybe it's cause, uh, maybe it's cause I really haven't watched him. In, I've only seen him in like clips of stuff and maybe that was from a long time ago. Yeah. But I'm, I, <laughs> I'm actually a big fan of like the Jeff Goldblum. Well, I, I yes. Don't think have anything Jeff Goldblum. Does. All Even things Jeff Goldblum is is yeah. just phenomenal. Just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and and do check out Dan Levy if you haven't already. Shit's Creek. You got to check that out. Uh, yes, that I, show I, is absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I I would say those those are kind of the high points for me, and and you know the low points. So yeah, that that Timu commercial was just like at the oh, end. Yeah. Of, the first time I saw it at the end of it, I said to my wife, "I'm like, is that a video game or am I missing something?" She's like, "No, no it's an online shopping thing." I'm yeah, like, it's like a discount, 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 discount. Like, okay. hey, here's just abject consumerism. This is what's killing the planet. <laughs> yeah. Bye, 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 bye. Yeah. I'm like, I actually want to go out <sighs> and knit my next pair of jeans because of this. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was. It wasn't good. No, it was not. It All was right. Not. Well, that ties up the uh, the annual Bacchanalian uh, celebration <laughs> of. Uh, Football. Bachnelli. Where did you pull that out from? Good lord. A Christmas story, dude. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 yeah sure, sure, sure. sure. Um seen, felt, smelt, and dealt. <laughs> I had a I had a comeback for that, but I don't know what it is. Now. Uh what do you got for in another thing? By the way, it, for those of you who might be new to this, uh, this is something that we like to recommend at the end to try and kind of make up for the amount of 80s you have to stand uh sat for uh so we try yeah, and, where, like, where's our sound thing has that not been working into the soundboard or something i haven't soundboard yet all right i'm trying all right, all right. Uh, how about this instead this is and another thing there i want to see you dancing ah! okay <laughs> I thought that was legit. I thought that was a shoot for a minute. All right, what do you got for in another thing? Hey, points for actually convincing you. <laughs> you got me. So over the weekend, uh, my wife and I were in downtown Chicago. Uh, we took in a play um, by, uh, it was actually written and starred uh, Dana Delaney, if you remember her. She was from China Beach uh, way from way back in the day. And Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think she was in another show called Body of Proof. She was, oh, you should know, she was in Tombstone. She was Wyatt Earp's love interest. That was Dana Delaney. Really? Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes, sir. 
Wow. <laughs> you okay. should be ashamed of yourself. I'm not ashamed. <laughs> You're a student of the movie. Come on now. Yeah, I'm an oak. Um, anyways. Well done, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> all right. All, all is forgiven after that quote. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's a deep cut right there. That is. That is. Um, but no, she um, she wrote this play and, and stars in it. And it's actually about real life events that happened to her uh, in the early, basically, I think it's 2012 into 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's a bit of a commentary on social media. And uh, and what she went through was basically a um, a situation where like she and uh, fellow actor Peter Gallagher, um, I, I I'm forgetting exactly, but they had somehow connected with this family over Twitter, and this was at a time when I think Twitter was becoming big. Um, the way she describes it is when she was on like she wasn't one for social media, and ABC kind of like pushed her into you know kind of opening a Twitter account and you know mm-hmm. kind of having a presence for the show. Um, she gets connected with this kid who is going through a lot of health issues and, you know, kind of establishes a friendship with him and, uh, and, you know, kind of maintains that online. Um, but then the, the story takes a twist and it has to do with the fact of, you know, the anonymity behind online presences and, and what that can all kind of lead to sometimes. And I'm trying not to like give away too much, but you can imagine where it goes, but it was a very interesting story. Um, and you know, it's really, it's a play with just three people, you know, Hmm. it it was really, really, uh, very minimal and, but done very well. And, and it was interesting. I think it was an interesting commentary on, you know, social media and, and how people use it, how people abuse it. Um, and you know, she's a celebrity and, you know, I, 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 I figure there's a little bit of a, you know, Hey, what do you expect when you're a celebrity sort of thing? But at the same time, the thing that really stuck with me is, that, you know, she and like Peter Gallagher were really trying to act out of a sense of compassion for this family. Yeah. Uh, Peter Gallagher, um, there's a recorded, I think most of his spoken, like he's not in the play, but there's like uh, recordings of him that I think get played Mm. um, like through like voice, like she's on the phone with him and, you know, voicemail and stuff like that. And, you know, he, he, when, when it comes to light that, this person isn't really a kid, but an adult pretending to be a kid, um, you know, to engage with them. Um, you know, he talks about how he had sent a care package. You know, part of this kid's story was he had a family member who was serving in Afghanistan and Peter Gallagher sent a care package out to Afghanistan for that person. And it got returned to him. And he's like, I thought that was weird, you know, sort of thing. And so it was just, to me, it's just one of those things that you, you, like, like you see people who want to help other people and it gets abused and it gets, you know, not treated with the respect it deserves. And, and so anyways, I, I really enjoyed it. It was called highway patrol. Uh, it's in Chicago, uh, from, I think it was February 10th through, uh, shoot, I have the link. Hold on a second. Let me just look it up real quick. Uh, it's at the Goodman theater. Um, I will say, uh, January, sorry, January 20th through February 18th. So, Basically, in the next seven days, if you can get down there, you can check it out. I would highly recommend Pedarino's. It is a restaurant attached to China, to the uh, Goodman Theater. Uh, that's phenomenal, phenomenal. Uh, you know, we food. almost made it through the entire episode without a restaurant recommendation. I do have a story about hash browns that I will uh, share at the. No, <laughs> poor Uncle Todd. He's trying to get out of this. 
<laughs> he's got to go to bed uh, or he has to be quiet for his family. But Highway Patrol uh, starring Dana Delaney. I would highly. <laughs> yeah, he's shaking the old Foster bottle. Look at that. Um, but I would uh, highly recommend it if, if you happen to have an opportunity to see it, whether it's here in Chicago or if it is uh, done elsewhere. Do check it out. It was well done. Really enjoyed it. And uh, definitely a, an interesting commentary on a medium that we use probably way too much. Very nice. What about you, sir? Uh, what is your end another thing? As for me, I, I would like to recommend the Cinema Sins YouTube channel. Ah. Uh, this is a YouTube channel that goes through and uh, counts up cinematic sins that take place in uh, motion pictures. And so basically... We're talking about sins of the flesh. <laughs> in some cases, yes. Um, but basically, like, you know, just dumb things that happen in movies. Okay. And it'll be, you know, all the things wrong with blah 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 in under whatever minutes and the guy kind of comments and, and goes through everything that's you know shows high shows well, low lights of the movie mm-hmm. and and kind of dings them for things and at the end there's a total like number of you know cinematic sins mm-hmm. for that movie and the reason i kind of i've seen this before and i've watched a couple of their videos this came up specifically because the other night i watched transformers rise of the beasts wow I had high hopes because this, I believe, if I'm not wrong, is the first Transformers movie to take place after Bumblebee, okay. which was a breath of fresh air compared to the Michael Bay Transformers movies, which were just getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Uh, I, I think I've said it before on this podcast. The first 15 minutes of Bumblebee is the best 15 minutes in all Transformers movies, including the 1980s-something Transformers the movie animated movie. Mm. Phenomenal special effects, storytelling, the whole thing. Sets up the whole movie. And the movie itself is really good. Um, But then you get into Rise of the Beast, and it's like they decided, like, oh, hey, that was great. Everyone liked that. Screw everything about that. Let's go back to what Michael Bay used to do and make everything kind of like and jokey and stupid and and let's actually almost recreate the stupid things that michael bay did um because that's great so yeah i i i watched like two-thirds of this movie and i think at one point i said out loud to my daughter like this is such a dumb movie Mm. and i realized i had transferred into hate watching and (laughs) And so I kind of fast forwarded just to see, like, is this going to be as dumb as I think it's going to be at the end? Yes, it is. Okay. And then I immediately went to, because I remembered, oh, yeah, this 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 YouTube channel does this thing. And I watched the video that has to do with Transformers Rise of the Beast. And it was much more entertaining in 20 minutes than the, the two-hour movie was. Interesting. Um, so by all means subscribe to this channel watch their movies uh, watch their their videos and just watch the rise of the beast cinema sins video rather than watching the actual movie trust me on that one much more entertaining much more entertaining and you you'll feel less dirty like i i feel like i need a I uncle todd like need, all about the cleanliness i felt like i needed a, a like a, a penicillin shot afterwards like i'd caught some sort of disease afterwards some sort of an infection You know, there's only one uh, prescription for that infection. That's cowbell. 
Well, we aren't going to have more cowbell. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening and tuning in. We'd certertainly appreciate it. Uh, for all of you watching on YouTube, uh, like, subscribe, share, or follow all the fracking things you're supposed to do. Clickety, click, 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 click. Smash that subscribe button or wh whatever the hell it is. I don't know. We're fracking old. Like, we don't do this thing. You know, ah. we need... It, Zach... <laughs> Tim just threw his back out farting. Um, so, uh, you know, feel free to subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're, if you're listening and you would like to join the free range EDC congregation, which we like to call the nicer cult, um, you can do that by in several ways. You can follow, uh, and subscribe to our YouTube channel where we're going to have full episodes in video. Uh, that is, uh, youtube.com at, uh, slash at free range EDC, I think. Uh, there's a link in the show notes because I'm just getting tired at this point. Uh, you can also go to www.freerange. Why did I say www? Has anyone said that in forever? I don't know where you're going, man. <laughs> like, we're going back to AOL days. Dub, dub, dub. Uh, but anyways, freerangeedc.com. You can uh, find all of our episodes there. You can uh, grab them uh, a la carte, or you can subscribe to the Podbean app. You can also find us on uh, the podcast purveyor of your choice. We are distributed... Uh, nationwide as world as well as worldwide you can find us on apple Podcasts. we are on pandora we are on spotify we're on whatever poorly branded name that amazon uses for their fracking podcast service just ask alexa to give you free range edc um and you'll probably get a pair of like shorts in the mail uh you can also find us on google Podcasts, samsung Podcasts, all those uh just search for us you will find us you can also find us on the social medias we are on facebook we are on instagram we are on youtube all of those are at free range edc if you have any questions because yes we are dumb enough to ask the interwebs for suggestions i don't know I don't know why we do this, uh, but you can send those to Tim at freerangeedc.com if you have suggestions, thoughts, concerns, ideas for shows. I mean, always welcome because quite honestly, look, Tim is even searching for ideas for shows right now. He's totally disinterested in what I'm saying. I'm looking for the Cam Newton episode. No, you're not. You're watching like Jim Corn now. That's no, I'm fine. looking for the camera. I, I totally episodes. understand at this point. Uh, but you uh, send those to Tim at freerangeedc.com and he'll get back to you forth with ASP, if not sooner. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I have to get rid of all the spit in my mouth. My gosh. Uh, ASP? What's ASP? ASAP. Did I say ASP? You said ASP. Ask. I did. <laughs> um. <laughs> my cat when she doesn't get her her wet food in the morning <laughs> um so now i'm going to turn this over to the least idiotic of the two idiots who run this show and uh ask uh the man they call tim the two uh, well the second most important question in all of human history the first of course being what is hip the second being what the hell did we learn this episode anything we've learned the following my friend if we didn't know it already, uh, Free Range EDC is a, a haven for uh, WrestleMania and wrestling talk. And uh, Uncle Todd and I broke a new record, 57 minutes of Week and Geek. Is that really a record? I, uh, we normally close it out at 45. So, uh, it, it, it I love is how a, you treat that like, oh, no, there's a hard barrier there. Like You just go whenever, however long you want. We've also learned Uncle Todd is usually the culprit of said long segments. <laughs> He has much to say, and a uh, man they called him will give him the time to say it. Well, at least I picked the right winner of the Super Bowl. No! 
We have also learned uh, that uh, here at Free Range GDC, we much appreciate Coach Belichick and his contributions to the Patriots franchise. The number of Super Bowls we've been able to uh, experience and live through has been above and beyond expectations when expectations are basically zero. <laughs> so, although, although live through, considering how close most of them were, is, well, is kind of like a, you know, those I'm surprised most of us lived through those. They were, were they were quasi heart attack inducing. I will give you that. Yes. I will give you that. Uh, we've also learned that uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are Super Bowl commercial gold, and we hope to see uh, future editions of the two uh, knuckleheads uh, in uh, upcoming Super Bowl commercials uh, over the next couple of years because uh, it's just too really fun. I just I just want to be able to bid on Matt Damon's jumpsuit from that. I, I, I kind of want that for our next episode. That is a great, great jumpsuit. That was. Didn't he have like a clock hanging around his neck too, like Flavor Flav, something like Probably. that, or, or maybe it was like a donut or something like that? There was so many things going on in that. I'm sure I missed the things. I need to go back. I don't know who the three jabronis behind him were, but they, they they were jabronis through and through. So they couldn't get Casey Affleck in there. They couldn't get like they couldn't they, get all the other guys. They should have got the guys from Goodwill, right? All of them together. I mean, I'm guessing Casey might be busy, but the other guy, he's wildly available. And he walked in and he says to, to, to J-Lo, he's like, I have a song called Here to Four. <laughs> and the first line of it is, yes, suspect. <laughs> the second line of it is, retainer. <laughs> right? No, keep doing that. Keep doing it. Oh, I'm, I'm done. Oh, because I was going to do the retainer thing. Oh, I'm spent. That's oh. it. Moments over. Oh, I almost forgot. We also learned Deadpool and Wolverine. Uh, we are all in bullish, bullish on the Marvel Messiah and all he will bring to the table uh, this July. Schnick, 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 indeed. Uh, with all that being said, as we like to close things out here on the range, be safe, be healthy, be kind, be good to one another. We thank you for the listenership. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. The range is closed. Uncle Todd's looking at his watch. <laughs> Apparently, he needs to use the restroom. We're going to close this one up. What? <laughs> Thank you very much, and good day. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. I beg your pardon. What did you say? Damn! <laughs> You're such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. <laughs> Get out. And don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. So say we all. So say we all. So, do you want to tell your tater tot story now in the in the post? credits sure scene. uh yeah the other uh night uh what was it thursday night we went to our favorite uh, you know what this is worthy of this song indeed bring it baby we're sitting at the bar the owner comes up we say hey have you thought about the tater tots they're like sure we'll make the cake that's for you this valentine's day when you roll in the night. Um, i'm sorry we've run out of time now get the hell out of here!